You've endorsed more than 330 candidates this election cycle. Uh, tonight, win or lose, the results for Republicans, um, how much of that will be because of Donald Trump? Well, I think if they win, I should get all the credit, and if they lose, I should not be blamed at all, okay? But it'll probably be just the opposite. Uh, when they win, I think they're going to do very well. I'll probably be given very little credit, even though in many cases I told people to run. And they ran, and they turned out to be very good candidates. You know, they turned out to be very good candidates. Uh, but usually what would happen is uh, when they do well, I won't be given any credit. And if they do badly, they will blame everything on me. So I'm prepared for anything, but we'll defend ourselves. I'm so glad that Trump is like starting his war against DeSantis. This shit's so yes. funny. It's I just so think funny. he's got to come up with some better nicknames. I didn't like the Sanctimonious. No, it's terrible. It's too many syllables for sure. It's also, wordy. his fan base is, doesn't know that word the same way. Also, so he's it feels like little like, hands, dick joke. Like he crowdsourced it or something. Yeah, right? just just call him like like Matt Chrisman said. Just call him just sucks ass. Yeah. Like, I that's saw, it right there. I saw yeah, just, someone on a stream call him Tampon Ron. I think that's pretty good. <laughs> it just gotta be, it's got to be something, like, it's got to have more punch to it, yeah. you know? Yeah, I don't um, know. yeah it's like, I, it feels like Trump just learned sanctimo sanctimonious as a word. Yes. Yeah, he's no, never used that. He's never used that word before, ever. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty clear he's trying out some new material. I will say also that this is uh, episode, I don't know what number of Brigham Young Money. Hello, everyone. 104? 104? Nice. That sounds do good. We, We're, why uh, do we even keep count at this point? Like, it doesn't really know. matter. I just was trying to put a stake in the ground as far as time goes. Because so, this is the only thing. This is the closest thing I do to journaling. God rest my soul. And it's November 10th. It's 920. And it's 20 degrees outside here in beautiful uh, Utah. And it fucking sucks so It's so bad. brutal. But we have got a couple friends on the pod today. We got Joey and Sean from Round Ball Rock. Hello, gentlemen. Welcome. Hey, guys. Hey, great hey to be how here. are you guys? <laughs> we're good. <laughs> we're doing great. Think we're, so we're doing, warm here. We're doing awesome. Uh, things we're are doing good. great. It's my yeah. special day tomorrow, okay? <laughs> well, What's what tomorrow? Uh, what, uh, what what you, are you oh it's i forgot you little shits i swear <laughs> wow we no, two one, people on the pod who don't respect the i was troops. gonna wow. i was gonna ask i was like wait it's not evan mcmullen's birthday <laughs> <laughs> no we'll get to that later first of all he's not a troop he can claim it all he wants not a troop yeah he really not like mayor pete yeah, he has, he steals more valor than Mayor Pete, I think, because Mayor Pete at least like worked on a on a computer like Jordan for the army. Uh, <laughs> like Evan McMullen is just in the CIA. Like that's not that's yeah. not true. Totally different set of war crimes, guys. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah it's, for it's, him, you have to respect the spooks, right? Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that you celebrate on Greg Popovich's birthday. It's yeah. not a national <laughs> holiday. We have to just. But yes, uh, we um, he break we break out the good bottle of wine on that day. Uh, that's right. We're doing a little cover bit of up uh, a crime. Uh, <laughs> we're doing a little bit of return to early Brigham Young money form, but talking about uh, something Utah jazz related today. And of course, Jordan's giving us a good Jordan famous history lesson. Is that right, Jordan? We are. We're actually just going to dig into just how fucked up the history of the Utah jazz is from like <laughs> the beginning all the way to like when they finally hit stability because it was 
this is such a snake bitten franchise that mm-hmm. it should not exist. Its continued <laughs> existence is an abomination unto the Lord. <laughs> and they're 10 and 3, and we love them for it. And, <laughs> and, uh, and that is why. They were moved to God's country, Salt Lake City, Utah. That's why, like, I've bought jerseys with names on them, like, twice before. My third one's going to be Laurie Markkinen or Kelly Olenek, I think, starting tomorrow. I'm really looking forward to it. But before that, of course, i got to say thanks to everyone who showed up for the stream on the other night. That was – I'm honestly surprised how many people tuned in and, like, made that engaging for three hours because I 100% believed it was just going to be the three of us drinking which turned into literally just me drinking because greg uh was dying and jordan is straight edge again and yeah so thanks for letting me drink in front of all of you it was very fun uh and maybe we'll do that again i kind of I I kind of enjoyed that i just wanted to say um I, i've decided to start going back to church so um okay J- jordan here's the thing i think jordan thank you guys for joining the this has been a wonderful this, experience this misunderstood <laughs> this will be our last episode i Why honestly Russell look good with that beard okay i could probably honestly, pull that off jordan you would start going back to church just so you could get like win just so you could dunk on people on twitter i, I promise you that's a thing you would do <laughs> I know this deeply in my soul that you would start going to church again just so you could so you could say you're Mormon again. And I'm really looking oh yeah. To that. Well, I'm Mormon. <laughs> Mormon, and for- I think that documentary was very accurate. That's right. Being Mormon for cloud is so incredibly <laughs> cursed. Okay, I'm Jordan. Well, it's not that different from all those weird. Those weird alt-right dudes becoming Catholic now. Oh, yeah. Like, well, that's it's like, really weird. It's upsetting. Yeah. <laughs> I, I tweeted it out like months ago. It was like, wait till all the trad cats find out about Mormonism. If you want to really get into some sicko stuff, my DMs are wide open, folks. I, I mean, that is like the next path. It has to be, right? For you, yes. No, not not for me. We're we're done with okay, that joke. Sorry. Like, ha ha ha. We're done. I, uh, I'm still thinking. Yeah, it's I'm really excited though. for Virgil, Texas, to become a bishop. That would, that'd be great. No, no, Jordan, you're absolutely right. It's either, well, it's either that or they convert to Islam. I think it's one of the two. I think it could go either way. Because here's the, the thing, as a as someone who went to Catholic schools my entire life and was am a confirmed Catholic, like the Catholicism those people think they're like worshiping died in like 1965. <laughs> like it's way past Vatican II. Like they yeah. don't do that stuff anymore. <laughs> it also just kind of seems like a bummer religion. Like I don't know. Catholics just seems like sad to me. Like I don't know yeah. if it's just because the religion's too old, but like it's like a know. modernized just, version of Calvinism. Yeah, man. I just think of like Ethan Hawke and the first Reformed uh-huh. like get up that he's got, and I'm just yeah, like, this is serious. Yeah. <laughs> it just seems sad. I don't know, man. No, I mean, it's, it's, that's its whole thing. Wrong. That's yeah. its whole thing. Yeah, yeah. You're it's right. Just, like, yeah, it's yeah. just guilt <laughs> and sadness. At least, like Mormons, like most of them, turn it into like some type of money making business, selling lotions or like essential oils or whatever. Yeah, at but, least like, they can have a cookie and soda addiction. That's what yeah. I'm saying, man. I well, think, Catholics, oh. it's like you join the fire department yeah. or you become a police officer. Like it's it's a clear yeah. path. Teach at a Catholic school. 
Yeah. You'd be cover a weird up, guy. Cover up yeah. a DA's investigation. Yeah, no, with Catholicism. The Boston Globe's investigative unit, you know? Yeah, with Catholicism, <laughs> there are like two paths you can go. There's like that path where you're covering up scandals for the church, or you're just a weird guy who lives in the parish who plays the piano for kids. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Mormonism also has that guy too. Yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, that's, there, there's there, there seems to be people. a lot of parallels there. Like I know that Joseph Smith did a heavy, heavy amount of borrowing, but this is getting a little ridiculous. Listen, if you know someone who plays an organ, that's the weirdest person in your town. Like I don't. <laughs> that is true. Did he wait? Did Greg or Jordan? Did either of you like have like musical callings when you were in church? Do you each have like a secret secret musical talent? I'm not familiar with. I grew uh, up playing the piano, but it it stopped when I was a kid. Okay, that's good. My mom these, used to, these fingers are way too large for piano keys. <laughs> My mom used to lead the music and sacrament meeting. Um, so she did. I can't play a musical instrument and save my life. Like even the recorder was pretty, uh, was a struggle in third grade. And then from there on, it was like, this isn't me. It's just not going to happen. Jordan, you can't do hot cross buns. Oh, dude. I, no, no, I no, 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 in, no. I remember being in third grade in rec- and we were playing recorders when this kid ran into our class and told us all that Elizabeth Smart had been found after being kidnapped <laughs> for like however many months. Wait, so, how old were you? In, when was Dude, when, I was only was this in elementary oh, school. I, I was in fourth grade, elementary school, fourth grade. Jesus Christ. I, I was know, almost graduating right. high school. Oh, all right. Well, I'm, I'm I am 30 now. And so. <sighs> But yeah, that so was we can my, have a real boy podcast. That's right. I'm a real. This is a real boy Hell podcast. Yes. So, so Kyle, yeah. did you have an experience just like the when she was revealing the mask singer too? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I had a, I had a lot of difficulty trying to determine what was hurting my soul more: the Rudy Giuliani reveal or the Elizabeth Smart one. The Elizabeth Smart one. Like there was something like really visceral in like my deep in my brain where being kidnapped was like my my like my biggest fear as like a small child. And then Elizabeth Smart was like pretty close to my age and she got kidnapped. And then Singer on the Masked Singer, I like was horrified that like maybe that was my future in like a different reality. It just really <laughs> fucked me up. But. Wait, dude, what were the clues like? For Elizabeth Smart on that, like, oh, she's she. This she was, likes to was, sing yeah. by herself. Was taken as a wife, as a thirteen-year-old girl, by a crazy guy who kidnapped her out of her childhood bedroom. Didn't yeah. go out a lot as a teenager. Yeah. It was a snowman that just said, "I gave you all the clues." <laughs> Here is a reason why you don't cheap out on your contractor. Dude, oh, <laughs> that that's a niche joke, but that's good, Jordan. Nicely done. That's really like, good. Uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. So okay, that's for um, all our under the banner of heaven heads right there. That's right. <laughs> oh, um, Jordan also wrote down here, or Greg, that we have a new state flag, which uh, that's true. I don't it's, know if you. It's, you, it's fine. I, it's Lori Markin in Jersey. Yes. 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 It, it's yeah. um. It's, it's a picture of a big ass shotgun, black, but I mean. It's basically it's a, a beehive, right? Yeah, it's it's basically great value Colorado. That's all you can really say. Yeah, yeah. Just it's just another reminder that there was plenty of time for the New Orleans Hornets and Utah Jazz to simply trade mascots, and now that's impossible. I'm glad. Like you could have had the Jazz back in New Orleans. You could have had Hornets in. All right. Okay. 
Anyway. No, we're I'm, not doing the Utah Jazz part, Sean. You I know. I'm just, I'm just <laughs> me, me. All right. Uh, we're we're going to get there. Does the old flag mean anything? Why did they get rid of it? The well, old it's flag because was, it looks... It looks busted. I mean, it's really bad because it was the worst state flag like in the nation. It it looks like a knockoff, like um, like countries flag. Like it's it looks like an American flag, like reject. Like if they didn't go for something so in your face, it's like I don't know. It's very strange. But this one, I I don't know. It's all it's all uh, angular and stuff. Yeah. So many Western states have that bad habit of just throwing their seal on like a blue field. I'm like, that's a flag deal yeah. with it mm-hmm. you know what's also cool about this is like uh the way that our governor and the lieutenant governor really like pumped up like this is what the democratic process looks like this is how you get to be involved in the government you get a vote on a fucking flag <laughs> yeah, you get a vote on options. a flag in your incredibly mm-hmm. gerrymandered district dude, that, like yeah. somehow <laughs> somehow got even more republicans in office dude they they got so hyped talking up like how this is what government means is people working together to like pick a new flag forget like anything else it's all about picking this flag and we did why were um, there two different dates on it oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> i don't know what the dates were uh, because one of them is like the 1847 when like utah was settled and then like when oh. we finally got statehood oh yeah and then the second one is when slc punk came out oh that's right yeah so yeah that that eagle looks pretty like it has scoliosis at the top of this flag it's pretty bad like it's really hunching down and then industry is almost as big as the word utah <laughs> does utah have a lot of industry well yeah, that's what sucks the the other one no matter what the new flag is like it's aside better. from it, this it's better it's definitely yeah, better okay we do you, have, yeah, you could have that like industry. microsoft paint provo flag and it would still be better than this piece that of one shit was cool i kind of like that one it was Listening so stupid let's talk about this it reminds me of how invested i was as a child on voting for fat elvis <laughs> you guys remember that yes office <laughs> let you vote for fat elvis or young elvis and i was like i would call every day to vote for fat elvis as like a seven-year-old i was like it's got to be fat elvis (laughs) and guess what they chose fucking young elvis because (laughs) the democratic process is broken yeah damn we wanted bloated (laughs) white jumpsuit elvis and we were denied that democracy is radicalization moments Honestly, he kind of looked good fat. I'll be honest. Yeah. I really liked the whole vibe he had going. I saw the Elvis movie kind of against my will. Love and, it. Uh, I've, really I've watched the... it three times. I did, love wait, it. Did it's you really, insane. You really like it? Is it feels like it's wait, crazy? You watched it's like, it three times. Yeah. It's like oh being a like ten hours of your it. life. Oh my god! It, it does Dude, feel like drugs. The first forty-five minutes of that movie are unlike any movie that will ever be made. It doesn't yeah. feel. It, I, it's like it's like when i watch it it's like you know um in requiem for a dream when the eyeball goes open when they do the heroin every time that's what happens to me when i watch the first 20 minutes of elvis elvis is like he yeah it feels like you're having a stroke but in kind of a good way and then um yeah and then it becomes sort of like a normal movie for a while which kind of sucks but man that first 35 minutes i love it and like someone forgot like the worst performance of all time though to tell Tom Hanks. What I, movie I don't know, man. Him. His him trying to be Geppetto in the new Pinocchio. Oh, 
Like Tom um, Hanks trying to do an Italian accent is one of the funniest things I've yeah, ever he, ever he, seen on film. But he's like he's like the penguin in yeah, Greg, Elvis. Like in, yeah, you, you have to watch really, Elvis. It's worse. It is. It I will, is okay. I, like I, no will, I will watch heard. Elvis over yeah. the weekend. He does an accent. I mean, in just it. just watch the beginning <laughs> so of Elvis. I guess it's <laughs> don't need to, you probably don't need to do all. No, two it's not hours accurate. I looked it up. It's the, not. The, that's not what the his biographer voice of Colonel Tom Parker was like. He did not have this accent. Hell yeah. <laughs> no, he has like a pretty. He has a little bit of an accent. Like he was born outside of America, but you see him and it's like, yeah. Well, I took care of Elvis. That's yeah. like what he talks like. Yeah, he. Uh, I mean. Like his story, I guess the Tom Hanks, the instructions he got was like, pretend to be a Dutch guy who moved to the South and then was lying about being a Dutch guy. Mm-hmm. Like that's the accent he's doing. Yeah. So. And then uh, you, your costume is going to be uh, what like a seven year old in 1984 would do if their Halloween costume was just a fat person. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. You can actually see the newspapers coming out of the buttons of his shirt in couple scenes. That rules. Oh, so, okay. So following up on uh, the stream on Tuesday, let's quickly go through the hell lines. Greg, why don't you, oh wait, sorry, Jordan, play the drop. Thank you, Jordan. And if you were on the stream on Tuesday, you probably heard that drop far too many times. I know I did, but Greg, why don't you take it away? Let's let's give us the first one. All right. Well, you know, there was we, we participated in some democracy on, on Tuesday. Yes, we did. That's certainly what happens in this cool country. That's right. Uh, so we, the midterms we got Jordan happened Clarkson elected and, Senate. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're still working on that. Uh, lawsuits have been filed with the state of Utah. We are demanding a, a, a recount. Probably. Yeah, they only counted one of my 10 ballots, and I'm really trying to get yeah. to the bottom of what's going on. This is here. not why my grandma died, so she could vote 10 other times. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I, mean, I don't want her to die in vain. You really don't. Apparently, well, I mean, this is what the state of Utah wants. Yeah. yeah. Apparently, they aren't interested in receiving any more funding from George Soros, and that is sad. Apparently not. It's really disappointing. Yeah. So, yeah, the Democrats... Uh, or the Republicans kind of, they're all really mad. I watched, they're all like, the Republicans did so bad that like none of them are even screaming about like this was a fake election. Mm-hmm. That was kind of like the big thing. And they're like, oh, Republicans are going to say this one is stolen. They like ate shit in like, I mean, in all actuality, like Democrats didn't do well either. But like no. Republicans did so bad that they're like not even complaining that the election was stolen. They're just Ben Shapiro saying head should roll, which you love to say. Um, see. This is head, the perfect head, thing. Head should roll. That's exactly <laughs> what should happen, everyone. Heads <laughs> should roll. And, and that, that kind of talks to their exact tactic for what they were going to have for the election anyway, because they assumed like there was going to be a, an amount. We were going to take the House by like 10 to 15 to maybe 20 hot seats. We'll be good there. And we'll probably tie it up in the Senate, maybe take control of 5149 or something. But when that didn't happen, it didn't go to like everything is rigged. It's just like the knives came out for each other. It was yeah. like, fuck these guys. <laughs> yeah. Like who made us like only talk about like teachers grooming children for like the last year? Like <laughs> it's 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 like they honestly did. I mean, yeah, they, they all got mad at each other about the message. But I was like, you guys kind of all control the message. But um, all in all. The uh, incredibly well thought out plan that was definitely not stupid at all worked out really well here with Evan McMullen getting washed by Mike Lee. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, what the uh, he decided to birthday tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All the troops share a birthday. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I have to say that, like, ever since he got on the scene, a good litmus test for someone being an idiot about politics is uh, fondness for Evan McMullen. Yeah, it's, you got you. I you gotta see the coach. I mean, we don't get to see. We're not in Utah, so we're just like, why is that nerd on TV again? You know, there are multiple people who are basically like, you guys are homophobic and sexist for not voting for Evan McMullen. Like, there was somebody in in Jordan's mention yelling at him that he like doesn't care about women's rights because he didn't vote for Evan McMullen, the guy who said that he was more pro life than Trump in 2016. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, like he in like 2016, like Evan McMullen pretty much said like Hillary Clinton eats babies. Like he was one step below that. Has he has he won an election? Has he had a political office no why he do was, people believe in him uh, because, so Bill because he's not mike lee uh, him up. Yeah. because uh he uh he's the kind of guy that makes your calves cramp and holds him <laughs> down oh wait no that's beto the other guy who doesn't want to he's fun and like he's in texas what does he get up i feel like i honestly feel like i could hang out with beto i'd probably leave feeling better about myself which is yeah. also good but like I could, I could hang out with Beto and and spin a record. But like Evan McMullen makes me want to just throw up all over him. I hate him so much. Yeah, at and least like yeah. Beto, Beto, you could at least like listen to the Smiths or That's something saying, like that, man. and like it would he be fine. He got a DUI. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like all things considered, like Evan McMullen's just a gigantic nerd. Like yeah. he sucks. Like I've been at like social functions where Evan McMullen appeared and like, I just oh, sweet brag. I just felt like heat in my heart for it. It was, was an like, orgy. And... <laughs> it got a little yeah. weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Are you ready for the sex? <laughs> what is my he, name is Evan. What's his job? Because he's been around for like eight, six years. So oh, since he know? left the C, he was Paul Ryan's policy director. He was literally a like I write Republican policy for like his entire political career. Was in the CIA and then has just been kind of a professional lingerer around politics since 2016. Yeah, he's like Utah Barry Manilow. <laughs> he was also an analyst for Goldman Sachs, so you know he oh, has a. Oh, 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 yeah. Excuse yeah. me, dude. Like, you want to talk about like a triangle of evil? Yeah, you yeah, go from BYU it. to the CIA to Goldman Sachs. Yeah, he awesome. probably is. He's probably happy he's not going to be a senator or a representative because now he's running he's for a, Senate. He was running for Senate because now he can take that job at McKinsey that he wanted. Yeah, yeah, you guys are just describing Mormon Pete. He's Mormon Pete. But he's like way more conservative Mormon Pete too. Like yeah. he is he is equal, like every vote that he would cast in the Senate was gonna be the same as Mike Lee's. And so for people to pretend like he was some people I mean, liberals in Utah were legitimately convinced themselves that a vote for Evan McMullen was a vote for gay rights or like for abortion <laughs> rights, which is just unbelievable. And it's incredibly just offensive. And well, but isn't people, that the I same mean, kind of brainworms where it's like we're all gonna uh like 
we're, we're gonna spend all, we're gonna send all our money to the Ukraine or whatever too because uh, Putin uh, uh, got Trump elected. It's the same kind of liberal yeah. brainworms, yeah, just absolutely. on a local level. Let's right? send like, as much money as possible <laughs> to the GOP of North Carolina because someone put graffiti on their own office. So yeah, we so, the somebody spray painted black blacks rule black. on, yeah. the, on the driveway. We and, and, the then, and then suddenly like guys. Nancy Pelosi's emailing everybody. Hey, it's really important. The North Carolina GOP needs you quickly. <laughs> can I please have $15? Yeah, can we send $15? The debate uh, you know what, man? The panhandling in San Francisco is out of control. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The debate between these two guys was so insane because they literally agreed on everything. If they disagreed, like Evan disagreed with Mike Lee. Well, he agreed that federal spending was out of control, but where he took issue was that he feels like Mike Lee hasn't done a good enough job at getting federal spending under control. Uh, So that was cool. Um, The only thing this election was ever about was January 6th. Like Mike Lee helped to do January 6th and Evan McMullen wasn't in office and he doesn't like Trump, so he wouldn't do that. Which is really funny because like, yeah, you're casting your vote for a guy who worked in the CIA who like how many January sixes has the CIA done throughout the world? Literally it's because there were texts from Mike Lee and like for them to pretend like the election was about anything else was just so dumb because it never was. Well, there Um, were texts from like, well, I mean like there were messages from like Evan McMullen was like, as a member of the CIA, I have seen what happens when (laughs) democracies crumble. It's like, and like the subtext is like, and also I kind of participated in that. Yeah, yeah he was he he was all of a sudden dressed in a hot dog suit saying we're trying to find the guy who's doing this. I'm the one doing the crumbling. Listen, yeah. just because I delivered arms to a lot of militant groups in these countries yeah. that somehow overthrew the government, that's not my fault. You know, yeah. since we're talking about like one of the main topics, and we'll get to it about like Twitter crumbling, one of the all-time great tweets is Emma McMullen saying his job in the CIA was to try to go out and and uh recruit al-qaeda operatives to work with him yeah oh great that is really like like i would put that in my top 10 greatest tweets of all time oh it absolutely is that is just like it's so funny just just perfect to be like listen we have to do more to protect america anyway i would kind of went and hired these guys to do some stuff don't ask what (laughs) yeah (laughs) anyway yeah all right greg take us to the next one This entire episode is dedicated to the brave men and women of the Mujahideen. All right. Hellline number two. It just keeps getting better. So this is from the Associated Press. On top of the over $1 billion he has already been ordered to pay, today in Waterbury, Connecticut, a judge ordered InfoWars InfoWars host Alex Jones to pay an additional $473 million for lies about the Sandy Hook school shooting. Mm-hmm. Just canceling a guy for being cool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Did he get Kyrie his Irving doesn't think that that verdict was very fair, actually, because he was he was right about a lot of things. It's not Uncle Drew is being ones. benched. Um... <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that's uh, a perfect. Sorry, story. we should tell the listeners that I also have a soundboard, and that was Ted Cruz saying Uncle Drew's being benched because Kyrie Irving's name came up. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> yeah, this is just going to turn into dueling like soundboards, like the first ten minutes of Deliverance, except for with annoyances. We love it. Um, sp- speaking of Kyrie, though, like that 
that LeBron James tweet today. Just like, oh my god! Wait, what did LeBron do? He was defending Kyrie Irving. Yeah, and also, yo, go ahead. Sorry. My theory on this is uh, the Nets are going to end up waving Kyrie Irving, and this is a trial balloon for the Lakers signing him for free. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing that LeBron did in that press conference, though, because I was hunting down the video, is uh, before he makes the statement about a Kyrie, he uh, knows it's like a reporter's birthday or it's almost a reporter's birthday. And so he wishes him a happy birthday and then starts plugging his own tequila brand. And then <laughs> he makes it, the Kyrie. He basically repeats what he said in the tweet about Kyrie. You know, this this to me it really sucks as a guy like I've been a LeBron head for a long time you know like been mm-hmm. a LeBron stan and watching him turn into like the just the human version of a corporation well don't you love how much is he the lies shittiest though thing. Yeah, well, I was going to say that I've been following him since 97 and I yeah, yeah, I said, said he was sucks. the first pick in the draft back then LeBron's about to say that he like was the first person to discover Alex Jones back in like the seventies when he was like eighteen years old. Yeah, they were hanging out together like, in Austin in the eighties. He's like, I knew about. He's like, I knew about Alex Jones before Waking Life. <laughs> he's like, I know Bill Hicks fake his death. I knew it was happening. He was I was taking Alpha Brain back in nineteen ninety two. Oh man, yeah, LeBron's so corny, man. And I, I'm also it like, sucks a, so bad. I'm a lifetime LeBron oh. defender as well. Like I, I had like when He's I was such I, a lame I, I was, but I had like the Slam magazine editions when he was like still in high school and he was on the cover, and I like bought all those. I was so so happy, and I've always been a LeBron head. But man, he is just such a cornball. Ever since he. I really, it really started being obvious when he was just pretending to read all those books. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So he's on page seven, and you're like, <laughs> dude, it's the Eastern Conference Finals. You're only that far in like, Sorcerer's yeah. Stone. My favorite, <laughs> like, my favorite LeBron lie is when he said his favorite movie. He couldn't decide if it was Godfather One or Godfather Two, and then they asked him what his favorite scene was, and he couldn't answer. You can name a scene. <laughs> it's like when they asked Trump his favorite. Bible verse. Oh, that was the best. Dude. So many, so many wonderful verses. So many. Oh, that was so funny. Second Corinthians or what? Are, two God. Corinthians or whatever he said. However many Corinthians. So oh, there's so many awesome. Corinthians. Yeah, we've got that, more, more the, Corinthians, everyone, and we love it. That's in the Liar Hall of Fame next to Sarah Palin's. I read all the newspapers. Oh yeah, all of them. I love those kind of lies. They're so fun. All right, Greg, take us to the last one. All right, last one. Billion dollar bozos. Hell line number three. On the hills of Meta crashing and burning, Mark Zuckerberg has announced that Facebook is laying off eleven thousand employees. I guess that's what happens when you create Wii Golf in ad legs. <laughs> nice. Also, after laying off half Sounds its staff, experiencing a massive drop in ad revenue, and having a bunch of its C-suite resign, uh, Elon Musk's Twitter is now reportedly asking for some of its employees to come back. And today, at an all-hands meeting, Elon told Twitter employees he's not sure how much run rate the company has and quote bankruptcy isn't out of the question <laughs> musk has owned twitter for 13 days that's so insane man he's I will a also great businessman thomas edison feels- of our time thomas edison of our time you know who apparently shoved a lot of his fortune into ftx 
Tom Brady having a great fall. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Whoopsie Doodle Arena. <laughs> I was watching. So yesterday I occasionally watch uh, grown men play video games on uh, over stream. And this guy, oh, yeah. it was so funny. This guy <laughs> was playing Apex Legends and he's in uh, he's on the team TSM, which FTX bought TSM, so they were called TSM FTX. And he was trying to play Apex Legends while all of these people were screaming at him about how he was like responsible for a fraudulent, for like peddling a fraudulent coin. And he was like, ah, "It's not me. I just, I'm just a guy who plays video games. <laughs> like, look take guys, it up I with just, someone else." Look, guys, I just want to focus on the game right now. I, I, uh, I see you all in the chat. It's cool, but. Um, <laughs> Listen, we're just gonna focus on Call of Duty, okay? Uh, can, we, can we, we change all those middle fingers to hearts, please? <laughs> Bro, can I, can I, I, I really need to, to power up my orc. Uh, <laughs> you, you know, it, it's really fitting that uh, Elon Musk started owning Twitter by just dragging a sink into the building because he's gonna be walking out with a bunch of copper wiring. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. I, I still don't understand like what the landing is on it there isn't one because it's not, because normally when you have like a buyout like that you take on a bunch of debt and you like sell off the assets but what what are the assets exactly like some storage I mean, centers he did like hard the, drives the reason they're gonna go bankrupt is because he dumped a bunch of debt on them um that yeah, is why a, they're going bankrupt well, that's, a, that's a classic lbo move but normally you like strip the assets of the company but like the promise what, is no what else product. do they have yeah like, yeah like like the it's problem literally is like, equipment yeah it, the product is people being on there and being receptive <laughs> to advertising and uh -huh. like most private equity companies would never like buy something like this because it's stupid because so much of like the desire for companies to advertise on twitter is based on, based on a perception of who's on twitter right so like yeah. He comes in, not only does he destroy that perception, but he inherently makes it less valuable because he owns it. Because so much of the actual value was inflated because of the advertising. So it's like he was he it was impossible for this to come out for it to come out ahead. Because like his whole promise was to make Twitter like a weird, like uh you know hellscape where anyone could just say whatever he the first thing he said when he bought it was like comedy is back uh -huh. and then it's just been a series of trying to recreate the verification program over and over again hey, it's been a guys. series of him slipping on banana peels so yeah, i guess that is true the comedy is back. okay okay quiet down and he basically is just like the customer support for a bunch of like celebrities that he he's likes the like he's, just man he's gotten like in four different discussions with with stephen king in particular like oh my god stephen king's like fuck this guy this sucks this shit sucks and elon's like sorry man i still like your books but Hello, like what Steve, can we do better um <laughs> stephen so king pathetic. one of the only like super lib brain guys i'm still like it's okay yeah, like i like you you're cool yeah, you know yeah, shawshank like dude you get a pass yeah, as long yeah. as you keep churning out a 900 page novel every seven months like yeah, whatever right. man like just keep influencing like decent movies that i enjoy watching yeah, I, I, saw, like I saw andrew wk one time sing with uh with marky ramones ramones tribute band and uh that's incredible it was really funny so like he was the jo he was joey and like 
Andrew WK, because he's basically a motivational speaker now, yeah. not a musician, yeah. kept trying to talk in between songs, but because they're a Ramones tribute band, Marky Ramone would go, one, two, three, four, like <laughs> mid uh, Andrew WK <laughs> trying to talk. And, but then at one point, fake Johnny broke a string. So Andrew WK knows this is his time. It's the uh-huh. only time he can say anything. And he said something I will never forget. He went, I'd like to, I'd like to dedicate this next song to a very good friend of mine his name is steve king and the song is called pet cemetery (laughs) (laughs) and i was just like wait andrew wk calls stephen king steve king Do you think he's ever sat he in him with well the? Enough, he calls him Steve. Yeah, is, he, is, that, is that how many has him saved in his phone ass? Yeah. Do you think Andrew WK has ever sat in with the rock bottom remainders? That's yeah. King's band with Amy Tan. With Dave Barry and Amy Tan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, Maybe man. he was actually just dedicating it to that KKK uh, Republican <laughs> guy named Steve King. It Who is knows? important to remember that Twitter was invented completely by accident when some people were trying to make like music software. And having worked at a nonprofit that was a block away from Twitter and having seen the early employees like freeze up trying to order a burrito every day i'm like i can't believe it took this long to Dude. crash out well like, so like, like what kept it alive like it was it was down all drill. the time yeah, drill drill, drill, drill deserves yeah in fact i think the only three thing million of that sale i think or more what we're gonna end up getting is a bunch of nfts like we're gonna see like an nft of like the crab rangoon tweet and that's the only <laughs> thing that's gonna make it that's profitable gonna, yeah gonna no, I mean, on. what's gonna happen here is like it's gonna be really embarrassing for three more months right and then he's gonna sell it to jeff bezos <laughs> at oh, like man. a giant loss uh-huh. and then yeah. jeff bezos is gonna be like guess what twitter's back and it's normal yeah, and it'll yeah. be back to the shitty site we all complained about before this yeah it really is am- i mean so twitter is also like kind of uh one of the main big companies responsible for like uh the ex- the uh trajectory of san francisco tech because they uh-huh. like got like a gigantic tax break in order to move all of their operations there. oh yeah sean yeah. and i that's part of the reason we don't live in san francisco anymore well, yeah. the, those the people whole, priced us out yeah. well, the whole thing was so they they used to be uh south of America. they were kind of by where the giants ballpark is yeah. in an area that like developed as incubators but my like it was not a good area which is why the like legal non-profit for people with no money was also sure. situated like a block away. But uh, then they moved to downtown to kind of the edge of the tenderloin. The whole idea was like, oh, they're going to get a tax break and they're going to revitalize this area because these tech workers <laughs> are going to be there. And after like two months, they built this like crazy, bridge, giant yeah, crazy giant yeah. bridge at like uh-huh. the fifth floor. So people didn't actually have to go out onto the sidewalk oh, in God. San Francisco. Jesus. So this whole like revitalized area, well, Twitter had like a gym in their own cafe. Mm-hmm. And so all it did go. was drive yeah. up rent basically. And it actually like, made that neighborhood sort of worse. Yeah, oh, definitely worse. <laughs> yeah. yeah, cause then like you could literally building like a pedestal above everyone on the mm-hmm. street just to get to where other places that you here's how yeah, crazy like but here's how <laughs> crazy people who work at those companies are across the street from twitter was me and my me and ivy's favorite bar called the hot spot that had the greatest for five dollars you got a beer 
a shot of well whiskey and a lotto scratch off ticket. Oh and you never saw a Twitter employee in there. Wait, oh wait, no, oh, you yeah. also got a cigarette. Are you serious? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And a cigarette. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shot like, lotto ticket like a- cigarette. <laughs> Five dollars. Five dollars. Horseman. Yeah, Man, that's crazy. <laughs> and, and you never saw a single Twitter employee in there. Yeah, but, yeah. That's amazing. And, and it was across the, most... the street from their office. Yeah. yeah, it's just like I mean, it's always been a bad company, but like I, I mean, for the most part, they've had the sense where they know how to do normal like development. Like they'll test out certain features, and then they will kill them. Uh, like among certain cohorts, Elon Musk has just been running stuff out for the entirety of Twitter, uh, like day in, and then it changes a few hours later. Um, And right now he's grappling with how to deal with verification because he's given everyone verification. (laughs) And so like, you know, when Jabuki would change his, uh, his profile to be the (laughs) FBI and he would say that even though we killed JFK, we can still love him or whatever. Um, Or I think it's Martin Luther King was the joke anyway. Yeah. uh, So now literally everyone's just making accounts and pretending to be like APAC, for instance, and saying that we love apartheid. (laughs) And like, uh, I saw an ADL parody. I mean, people are just like creating anything and just being verified and it's a fucking mess and uh yeah so things are going super well and it's just every day this continues it just gets less and less valuable and elon musk has to try to pay just the servicing on his loan is like a billion dollars a year mm-hmm. and this again That's, this is just all... the interest is yeah, a billion dollars just year. like the servicing on yeah it's it's a billion dollars a year and he i mean this was because he was going to get fined probably between like one and two billion dollars and was like fuck it i'll just buy it and then here we are well i wonder if it was it was also just the embarrassment of of like all the discovery was so humiliating like every day there was a new oh that's how we got like the i'll buy you a horse if you give me a hand job or whatever yes exactly exactly and like the saddest rich tech guys where you're like oh this is how they actually talk to each other like none of these guys are smart everybody is just kind of lucky and maybe a little bit charismatic but you're like oh this guy's this guy's a billionaire. He probably knows something. And he's like, Mr. Musk, I'd be happy to help you out with your messaging software. And it's so, it was he's so such pathetic. A yeah. Do you guys, do you yeah. guys remember that tweet thread from that guy who said he would happily suck Elon's dick for humanity? <laughs> that yeah. was, that was crazy. That was a cool I mean, tweet. Like he would take one for the team. Yeah. There is, like, nothing, I'm not gay, there is nothing worse to me than like, those the like the elon musk reply guys like i don't understand it like it i just don't even understand how like you got there like what happened to you dude (laughs) i mean i saw somebody post on the uh somebody shared a post from the elon musk subreddit that was like trying to crowdsource some answers was like does anyone know of a good comeback to the like weirdo freaks defending Elon Musk meme that I can like respond with on Twitter. <laughs> They're like so distraught. They're like, I've made my entire identity like about defending Elon Musk. And now I don't know what to do when he's literally just proving that he's a complete dumbass. I mean, it's crazy. And Elon, it's- Elon Musk defenders are the strangest people on the planet too, because honestly, the only way you can really compare him is like, a guy who was in Dallas on like the day JFK got shot, saw his head explode and just be like, yeah, I think he's going to be okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like it feels like at this point, right? Like anybody who says that Elon Musk is smart or a genius or like any, any sort of uh, synonym to that, like automatically disqualified. Yeah. 
I don't want to talk to you anymore for the rest of the night. I mean, it really. I mean, the problem I'm running into is like it's kind of f- like all of this is like a funny disaster and fuck Elon Musk or whatever. But like, there sort of isn't a replacement for Twitter, unfortunately. No, there's not kind of a problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like we literally. I mean, when you think about like how politics works, how journalism works, like people. I mean, it's like careers are based on Twitter. Like, yeah. not, not people that work for Twitter, but like. The way like beat writers for sports teams, like fifty uh-huh. percent of like their game day interaction is just like being on Twitter. We like, met you guys on Twitter. Yeah, yeah. Like, we, all, we all met each other on Twitter. <laughs> like, what does what is what do Woj and Shams do now? <laughs> they gonna send out carrier pigeons? <laughs> We're gonna yeah, start like, Amber Alert like messages, but except it's, instead of Amber Alerts, it's Can just messages. Woj for being like, like Amber Alerts for NBA trades. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Every July Fourth, dude. <laughs> What if Woj had to get on? What if he had to get on TikTok? Oh, dude! If I have to see a Woj, Woj or Woj making TikToks and he's like trying to do dances when he's like four year extension. He's doing a dance to that Drake and Twenty One Savage song, and he's just like, uh, "Yeah." Oh, Can God, anyone tell it. me which Mastodon server Chris Haynes is on? <laughs> I also imagine all trade news being announced by that horribly annoying TikTok voice of like of like rumors have it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like that like female robot excited robot voice. Yeah. Oh no, it's just this dude's gonna control everything now. Just the Oh boy, oh boy, that guy's awesome. So I mean, like people everything. act like Mastodon can be a replacement, but like the pro- the thing with Twitter is that there's friction, and people love that. Like w- the best part about Twitter and is Jordan dunking can on nerds. To yeah, Jordan's yeah. B- like biggest talent, I think, lately at least, <laughs> is like finding freaks and ruining their lives and making them delete yeah. Twitter. No, everyone is <laughs> like, oh, uh, I'm I'm starting a, a Discord server for like um anyone who wants to, for uh, all the Clippers fans who follow me from Clippers news, and it's like. Yeah. How many Discord servers do you think I'm going to be on? I'm already in one that people pay to be on, and I have a hard time being on there. Yeah, it's yeah. like I, we I, have, I've joined we have a bunch one. lately, and I'm just like, I'm never coming back to these. <laughs> we have one for the pod that I check like once a day. Yeah, that's exactly. the only one. I, yeah, that's the only one yeah. I have notifications yeah. turned on for. And half the time, I'm on Do Not Disturb, so it's like whatever. Yep. Well, I also have like three slacks that I'm on for uh-huh. work, and so Same. it's like I'm gonna go to a Discord after Dude. this. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! I know. Like, am I going to work right now? Like. Guys, I think this is a conspiracy of I just want some lols. I was gonna ask, do you guys think it's a conspiracy that like Elon's trying to like truly jokerify everything and that's why he's destroying Twitter for this exact reason? Dude, no. I honestly think this is the first time you... he's actually really shown his ass. Like yeah. and, and like he's way in way over his head. He wouldn't be behaving the way he is on Twitter if he if he weren't genuinely like he he's he just, doesn't know what he's doing. I just can't it's, imagine it's having really crazy two hundred billion dollars in being what is basically a Reddit moderator, uh-huh. dude. It's a good example what? of just like people be like people gassing him up for so long. Him genuinely yeah. thinking he's a genius that he can take control of something like this and like make it. He got high on his own supply, profitable. man. It's uh-huh. so insane. Yeah, and like it's just a fundamental misunderstanding of how Twitter works, and he's so clearly just a complete dumbass and no it's awesome i knew some comedy writers who worked 
on that uh remember he claimed he was gonna buy the onion and the onion turned him down and then he started to make his own onion i knew comedy writers who were in that room and like they were just in a room in his house and he would come in clearly like on like lsd and just Uh like rant at them like you should do a joke about how mars is gonna and just like go on for like without taking a breath for like five minutes and then leave and never check on any work they did and it never came out they all just got paid to sit in his house these (laughs) freaks man i like to have as much money as these people do and to not just like fuck off away from everyone forever like is so offensive to me that somebody could waste it like being this kind of like complete clown show like if i had that much money you no one would know i would be so far away from yeah, any you'd be tom of, from myspace the only guy I who did be, it correctly yeah you think i'd be tw- i'd be tweeting back with ian miles chong from his basement in the philippines or whatever yeah. like fuck no in between like ian like ian like Counting his fuck doll or whatever he Dude, does. I, I would be so far like no one would ever hear from me or know what I was doing. And Elon Musk is just like debasing himself in front of God and everyone. And yeah. it's so yeah. not only would I not buy Twitter, I would not be on that's Twitter. What I'm saying. Like, yeah. like no what do you know anything about? That's me. what you need, that ego boost? Like, it's so embarrassing. It reminds he does, me though. He does. It reminds me of what Liam said when we were talking about Ryan Smith and having all that money where he was just like, if I was a billionaire, I would buy an island, not yeah. a pedophile island, a just a regular island. billionaire island. <laughs> and I would set up like a panopticon. Yeah. And I <laughs> would just I, sit but, in my panopticon and be rich and play video games and do like cool rich guy stuff. Like Jeff Bezos, like just flo- usually just floats around on the, like a $3 billion yacht the size of like Rhode Island or whatever. But um, I mean, like even he will get on Twitter sometimes and like argue with journalists or politicians or whatever. I'm just like, this is so embarrassing. How for dare all you? <laughs> But anyway, it's it's proof that like our friend Corbin Smith often says this about Kevin Durant, that it's like it's actually proof that like posting is the the like best drug in the world. Yeah, it really is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, well, uh, Godspeed to all of us. We're going to ride out the ship forever. Uh, Twitter's it's it's where it's all made. We already live in Utah. That's true. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, until like um until like DraftKings buys it for like five million dollars in like two years and just turns into a sports book. Utah or Twitter? I mean, because like quite honestly, the Utah is kind of like the Twitter of the states with uh the trajectory we've been on. So <laughs> yeah. um, we just keep new, releasing new, new features that makes it worse. New tech money and they definitely know what they're mm-hmm. doing. Uh Jordan, let's get into the main segment. Let's uh let's, That's right. let's let's break it down a little bit. Jordan, give us a little bit of a lesson tonight. Well, speaking of fail sons of like guys who ran racist industries, um awesome. we're going to talk about the Utah Jazz. Um I have had so many people come to me like, "Why in God's name is there a team called the Utah Jazz?" Like of all things, like wh- how is this allowed to exist? And we're going to get into this <laughs> because this is just this is just a general rundown. And I had to cut off stuff because I kept finding things upwards of about <laughs> an hour. 
before we started doing this, like I can't do it anymore. You started like, researching this months ago, just for I started the record. getting into like FBI vault folders on guys, and it's just like, okay, this is this is getting a little more um, dense. Adrian Dantley has an FBI vault folder. No, he. Uh, no. <laughs> George had to start doing does. FOIA requests. <laughs> Dude, the yeah, first I mean, time I the first time I saw the name Khashoggi come up while reading about the yeah. Utah Jazz, I was like, oh, Ooh. we got some cooking here. <laughs> yeah, it's like I said, this franchise should not exist Let's in any go, way, shape, or form. Once again, an abomination. Kill it. Spare us all. Um, we're going to start right off the top. Anyway, Please. listen to my Utah Jazz podcast. Thanks, guys. <laughs> I, I mean, go Jazz. Let's let's do this. 10-3. We're doing great. Um, we're going to start off, first of all, history of professional basketball in Utah. The ABA, the good old-fashioned red, white, and blue basketball. Mm-hmm. We love it. Well, before we get to that, Jordan, I have a question for you as a non as a non Mormon. But every uh, Mormon person in California I know loves basketball. Is that like? Yes, it's a thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that a thing? OK, yeah, I mean, oh, yeah. like players that come to and play for the jazz players that play against the jazz. I mean, obviously, sometimes they get some racism mixed in. But like everyone comments about how the jazz crowd is always so crazy. People love basketball here. And it's not unrelated to the fact that every kid, Mormon kid growing up here has round the year access to an indoor basketball court at their church. It's not because they all are from uh, there's like there's uh, they can play three on three with their siblings of. uh, That's 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 got to be part of it. Yes, they can, but they can also play it year round at the church. Yeah. Yeah. Five aside with your family. uh, Another parallel between Mormons and Catholics, though, I would say as well is like see what the basketball program at the church is very strong. Yeah. Every church somehow has a big gym behind it. Yeah. Yeah. And Mormons are tall, I think, on average. I feel I like when I'm in Utah versus other states, I feel taller here than I or in other states than I do here. So, I mean, of a random sample of our podcast, like two of us are over six foot two. So, yeah, I'm the short one at about six one. So, um, yeah, anyway. So anyway, five foot seven, five foot seven. There we yeah. go. Five, 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 nine. <laughs> That's cool. I was five, nine in fourth grade. Oh. Oh. That's what I'm, happens I'm when you got that ethnic Mormon in, uh, running through our veins. <laughs> so anyway, 1971, the Utah Stars come into existence. They win the ABA championship over the, uh, over the, um, Kentucky Colonels, man, the ABA was cool with its names too. I, yeah hate that they killed them so anyway the stars do great they win one league championship three division titles and another finals appearance in four years moses and, malone yes. wasn't he on the team yeah he was yeah. on that last uh-huh. year That's team. Right. Yeah. He, he was uh, the only one there he was i think he had his leg broken his only year in the aba so he was like he didn't really do a whole lot <laughs> but what he did do was when the team folded he stole all the jerseys and just like had a sharpening cart. He was just wheeling down South Temple as he was limping along. And every single time like Philadelphia would come play the jazz or something like that, Ron Boone, who was also on the team, was also like the color guy for the jazz and has been forever. Just like, do you still have my jersey? He's like, yeah, it's in my mom's house somewhere. I'll come bring it to you sometime. And then never did. I love but, that. But... The ABA didn't last, couldn't last. 
just no money in it. The stars folded because Bill Daniels, the owner of it, uh, ran for the governor of Colorado and just fell flat on his ass. Um, nice. <laughs> he came into a practice just holding a bottle of scotch. He's like, we're done. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. <laughs> the, the the ball, the game ball from the ABA championship game was sold to some guy from Spanish Fork, Utah, for like a hundred bucks. And Moses Damn, Malone the stole all the jerseys. Awesome. <laughs> they were awesome. Moses Malone stole all the jerseys, and then like all the practice jerseys got sent to like a local like church ball team. Like really sad stuff. And so the from, ABA went out the same way as Twitter. Pretty much, actually. Like that's the way it was. Well, like. The could have been our most dominant league, but they, uh, (laughs) but their commissioner, this is an amazing story. So the ABA was dying Uh and all of, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was coming out at the time he was Lou Alcindor, but he was like the biggest star in the world. And it was very clear, like whichever league gets Lou Alcindor, that is the league that is going to last. And the ABA, all of their owners got together and they pooled all their money to offer him a million dollars to come play in the ABA. Literally a check. A, a big, check for a million dollars. sized check, but a real check. Jackie Moon style. I love so it. So their commissioner, George Mikan, by the way. Uh, uh, he was also the reason they had to have the league office in Minneapolis instead yeah. of New York because he had an insurance business there. Awesome. But he has this check for a million dollars. He goes into Luel Cinder. And he's thinking like, oh, I'm going to get to like, it's going to be a negotiation. And he sits down and he goes, $600,000. And then Luau <laughs> Cinder's people are like, guess we're playing in the NBA. <laughs> well, also, also Kurt, before the negotiation even happened, he was like, I don't want to negotiate. Like, I, I feel like that's dirty. Just... Give me your best offer. Best offer. <laughs> and then and then George Mikan's like, yeah, he didn't take it. And they're like, he didn't take a million dollars? And he's like, well, I thought, I thought he'd come to come up to it maybe on the second round. They're like, you idiot! <laughs> but yeah, that's oh, why the, the NBA way, no is coming because uh, it's Minneapolis. We only have people at the Star Ledger in town, actually. Uh, Dude, that is crazy. <laughs> oh, that is fantastic. Man. Oh, man. Well, the stars weren't going to last anyway because they tried to sell the team like three times within like three years. Yeah. And like, yeah, this is just going to die. Sorry. Um, but... <laughs> When the stars died, that left a void in the hearts of all Utahns who love basketball. And who would fill that void? But maybe this team from New Orleans that was just awful. (laughs) Just terrible. Like, so anyway, um, the guy who created the New Orleans Jazz was a guy named Sam Battistone Jr., um, his dad had run um, essentially like a Denny's all across the country called Sambo's. Mm, sounds oh. racist. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and you would be correct, like too. A <laughs> really it really does. Well, they said it's the base off the two names of the two owners, like Sam Battistone Sr. and some mm-hmm. other guy. But it's, the, so it's not their favorite minstrel show uh, So it wasn't, it wasn't based off something you'd see in Elizabeth Warren's kitchen? <laughs> well... let's let's dig into this a bit more sadly um the logo for the restaurant was a black child oh boy oh so it is something you'd see in elizabeth warren's kitchen yeah that's Um, that's not what you want as a matter of fact like elgin baylor who was a coach for the new orleans jazz too actually 
made it a point to tell like um sam Battistone jr every time he saw him she was like yeah i took a baseball bat to your washington dc sambos just because yeah. of that damn logo <laughs> Sick. what a king I know Elgin Baylor was cool. Like it's just the craziest thing. And that's what like hot rod Hunley like wrote down in his book, by the way, if you can find hot rod Hunley's book is amazing. Cause hot that Rod's, dude is crazy. It's, it's honestly kind of incredible that he was a Utah jazz commentator for as long as he was. Can I tell uh, you my, my favorite hot rod Hunley story from sure. back when I used to work for, I used to work for K fan, the uh, Utah jazz radio station at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And this uh, is during like the the David boozer. David owns that, right? Uh, <laughs> not 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 anymore. Okay. <laughs> but uh, this was during like the the Darren Williams Carlos Boozer days, and this is Hot Rod Hunley at the end of his career, and you know he had a bit of a reputation of of throwing them back, and there was one game in particular <laughs> where he had a, a few too many. And uh, in the middle of the game, he is calling it and legitimately forgets who CJ Miles is. <laughs> He's like, you know, on the call was something like, you know, Darren Williams, hippity hopping left, left to right on the baseline, tosses it to number 12. Wait, wait, who, who, who's number 12? That was rough, dude. Yeah, I it was... you tell me about that. <laughs> when he was in New Orleans, his sign off was win or lose. I'll see you at Pat O'Brien's. <laughs> Love it. He can't make him like that anymore. <laughs> he got a DUI in Canada while he was an announcer for the Jazz. Oh, that's right. And, was, and like, could he not could not go into the country. So every time the Jazz would uh, play the Toronto Raptors or the, or the the Vancouver Grizzlies, they'd have to get a replacement uh, play by play right, radio dude. guy. Oh my god! Hot Rod's on assignment tonight. <laughs> He's banned from Canada. Dude, I loved Hot Rod. You can cool, see him cool at dude. Pat O'Brien's. Win or lose, though, he'll actually be <laughs> there before gonna... the game even starts. Tonight, there used to, uh... there, he used to have a bar in Salt Lake called Hot Rods, and he would go there after every game. I literally did amazing. not know that. That's, That's amazing. So cool. His what book is an, I'm dead serious. His book is amazing because there is a part in it where he talks about how like Pete Maravich was mourning like the death of a family member. He's doing, he's not doing great. He hates being in the part of the jazz because the jazz are just awful. So Hot Rod goes to him because like Maravich is just weeping in his hotel room and they get in an altercation together. Like they're wrestling around <laughs> and they almost go off like the hotel balcony together mm -hmm. and they're on like the 60th floor <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> like oh, that would be a 30 man. for 30 like just like yeah the one of the best shooters of all time just grabbed a radio guy and just went over the ledge and both died <laughs> <laughs> kind of crazy honestly uh, though that ending would have made more sense for pete maravich than his actual ending like if you know the pete maravich story like <laughs> Yeah, what just the case. heart sad, attack. Sad thing. life, sad guy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was a really tough biography to get through. <laughs> yeah, no, I know enough about the marriage. I was like, I can't touch that. That's that's uh -huh. not good. Like everything you read about him, especially like the jazz years, is like, yeah, he was sad. Yeah, bummer. <laughs> Don't worry, we 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 hung his jersey in the rafters in Utah, despite the fact he played 13 games in Salt Lake. <laughs> <laughs> Also, if I were going to make a Baz Luhrmann's Elvis style movie, it would be about uh, 
pissed, it'd be called Pistol, and it'd be about Pete El- Pete Maravich. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> Me too. That sounds kind of cool, actually. Oh. Boz Lerman's darkest film yet. <laughs> okay, well, anyway, more things about uh, racist uh, restaurants. Um, yeah. So... <laughs> They they grew to like eleven hundred locations in forty seven states. Oh they were everywhere. God. I know. Like I, I had to ask my dad about this. Have you ever heard about this? I was like, oh yeah, Sambos. They were everywhere. It's like, what? So yeah, <laughs> I have no. You yeah. Used to, you, they used to get these little wooden tokens. You give them to them and they give them a cup of coffee. It's great. It's like, how did you? Apparently, there's still one left, and it's like in Santa Barbara. Have they changed the logo? <laughs> or no? uh, they American changed, history is so cool. They changed the name finally after the George Floyd protests. Are you serious? Oh my god. <laughs> so two years ago, they stopped being called Sambos. <laughs> Elgin Baylor died before Sambos <laughs> died. Change. Uh, yeah, it's true. Oh man. Uh, right, so anyway, um, they had this massive growth because they were doing this um, uh, fraction of the action sort of uh, deal for their managers, giving like you can buy up a certain amount of profits for your restaurants for upwards of thirty percent, and then um, and what they were doing is when managers are buying those profits, they were counting it as a part of their corporate growth. Okay, oh, no, <laughs> sorry, I, I just looked up the last remaining Sambo's erasing its name. Um, it's in Santa Barbara, and uh, after George Floyd, uh, it has at the time of the writing this restaurant business online dot com uh, blog post. Uh, they just covered up the names with its uh, on its sign with symbols for peace and the word love over the <laughs> word Sambo's. <laughs> We did it, everybody. We Wait, defeated like a peace, racism. A peace sign and then the word love. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they just have Kylie Jenner handing out Pepsis at the front yeah. door. Oh, man. That's I, awesome. I, I remember seeing that and I just took a walk. It's like, <laughs> I, like what can you say? Um, so anyway, the SEC found out about this. Uh, it's now called Chad's Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> of course it is. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, um, it's now Keep called going. Chad's, by the way, which yeah, is that's also what I just pro- problematic. Yeah. I'm sorry, like the Chad Chads versus the Virgin Sambos. <laughs> oh Chad goes deep cafe. I love it. Yeah, right. it's it's for Chads who just post return memes of pictures of Sambos. That's so awesome, man! Oh, God, what a so, town. Anyway, this fraction of the action thing is what you would technically call a pyramid scheme um, <laughs> because they could buy it back at any time anyway. So they never really owned anything and just like, yeah, didn't really matter. Well, oh, but you, but you look like your profits were 30% higher because someone was buying them and you were counting them twice. Yep. And you were inflating your stock price by doing that. <laughs> so anyway, the SEC said, please stop doing that. And they did, and then all their restaurants closed. <laughs> Which is fine for a lot of reasons, except for if you're in the 1980s and you're also owning an NBA team. Oh, you're just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah. So Not anyway, ideal. that's neither here nor there, but that's going to be like a subtext for pretty much everything you're going to hear for like the next little bit. Cool. Um, before, before that happened, though, the good days in New Orleans, they were just living it up. As Hot Rod wrote, every day was Mardi Gras. 
I knew right away the Jazz were doomed in New Orleans. <laughs> Sam Battistone was an absentee owner, and things in New Orleans were way out of control. The team had trade-outs at every major restaurant in town where they would give away tickets in exchange for meals. We were in the French Quarter every night meeting all the high rollers, and nobody was spending any money. They were just signing and thought, oh boy, Sam must have millions and millions of dollars. It got out of hand in a hurry. So... If a huge drunk is thinking, wow, this is this is getting beyond everything. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, but anyway, back to Pete Maravich. Since uh, it's an f- expansion team, you got to make a splash, get the local things. They got Pete Maravich for their first round pick in 1974, the first and second round pick in 1975, the second round pick in 1976, and swapping first rounds in 76 and 77. So the Jazz didn't really have a first round pick for like the first three years of their So it was like the reverse Rudy Gobert trade. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, nothing there. So you had Pete Maravich surrounded by a bunch of nobodies that – so Pete Maravich would put up 35, 40 a night, and the Jazz would score 86 points and then lose by 30. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so, it's a great team. We love this so much. Oh, they um, would have gotten David Thompson and Alex English. <laughs> oh, awesome. that's not that good. Not not great. <laughs> no. Well, uh, don't worry, though. There's a very large man uh, laying under a car somewhere who's on his way to save the team. <laughs> anyway that was the worst move that the jazz ever made the second worst one was uh getting gail goodrich who was 33 years old and giving up a first round pick to the lakers that you know turned out to be magic johnson Mm -hmm. anyway gail goodrich like (laughs) tore his achilles like two months into being a jazz man so you know like I said, this team's an abomination under the Lord. Like it's, <laughs> it's being punished every single time. Um, also, they played in some dredges too. Um, Loyola Fieldhouse on the campus of University of Loyola, sixty-five hundred seat arena. Um, the court was. I'm sorry, several did you say sixty-five hundred seat arena? Yeah, it was. A yeah, okay, great place. Great. Um, <laughs> the court was several feet above the above the floor. Um, so it's like when they play those. It's like when they play the the NCAA championship game at a football stadium. Dude, those scare me skinny. every single time. Yeah, I know, I like, hate it. It looks scary. Like there's yeah. like a, it's like a cliff at the end of the court. It's like you're playing. Sometimes you would see like those like basketball courts that are in like Singapore or whatever, and it's just on top of a skyscraper, and you're just like, oh, that, you might lose a ball over that, but it's like that. But people, I really hate that shit, dude. Apparently, it was even worse than Loyola Fieldhouse. It was like five or six feet from the floor. So, oh man, it was so bad. The M- the NBA PA was like, you can't, you can't play like this. Like, what is your problem? <laughs> and so, what they did was they got trawl nets and surrounded the entire court with Excuse it. Me? Yeah. Fishing it was net. like uh, nets, dude. Liz, it was like slam ball. Or I was just gonna say it was like slam ball. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Absolutely. It, they installed trampolines and then they just had nets everywhere. Man, that would have been the coolest thing. The jazz were innovators from the beginning. Oh, yeah. Man. 
And put, Ma- so, put Mark Eaton on a slam ball uh, trampoline, see what happens, baby. Okay, I will say, you know, the guy. Like, do you guys have? I, I'm assuming this is thing like a thing everywhere, but the like the dunk team that goes out at halftime and jumps on the trampolines mm-hmm. and yep. like on the mats or whatever. Yeah, I feel like Utahs are particularly good. I don't know if we like breed gymnasts or whatever, but like they all look like missionaries, but they're all really good at, at that kind of thing. Which uh, Portland's dunk team is very similar, where you're like, why are there this many white guys? who can do like backflips i know and dunk a basketball <laughs> and they all wear headbands and wristbands like they're like trace mcgrady in 2006 it's great yeah. the, the yeah, only they member saw, they all saw an and one mixtape and the professor is their hero dude uh, yeah i saw i saw a tiktok of the professor the other day at like some random park in like uh, like pennsylvania or something he's so sick i love that yeah. guy He's old too, but he's he, still awesome. He still shows up like, like at courts to just like play pickup. I guess I don't know what's going on. My favorite early YouTube video was when the professor wore a Spider-Man outfit to play a pickup basketball game and did all that crazy shit. Dude, yes. <laughs> okay, wait. This is this is so unrelated. But who was the one guy that made it? Skip to my Lou made it to the NBA, right? Yeah, and he stabbed yeah. a man. Riffer Alston. Riffer Alston. <laughs> Yeah. He was he was part of those uh, those Tracy McGrady Yao Ming Rockets teams that used to was he really the, I can't remember yeah actually, he was part of that he, he's on the he's on the 2009 Magic who go to the finals and they blow it by bringing back a hobbled Jameer Nelson oh, in after his starting his Tamilu has like yeah. taken them to the finals when they should have kept Ray for Alston starting they probably yeah, just to like maybe gotten in one more game off the Lakers. I remember him being like the big, th- like, you know, you'd watch the Andon mixtape tour and you're like, wow, these guys are amazing. How are they not in the NBA? And then there was this one guy who did, and what a story. Yeah. Wow. Anyway, um, unfortunately, sorry. Hot Sauce never made it. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I really thought Hot Sauce was the next big thing. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, also, speaking of dunk teams, all I can think about when I see the Jazz dunk team is that episode of Undercover Boss where whatever miller it was i forget was it greg miller <laughs> yeah greg miller greg. walked yeah. onto the jazz dunk team and for some reason like yeah this guy who somehow has like this huge belly and like wearing a fake beard is on the team now i'm sure that's normal <laughs> i know i know that wasn't the most un- uh, believable undercover boss he should have done some training to get ready for that one he literally just showed up looking like how he normally does which not dunk team appropriate He's also got the same weird mannerisms and speech patterns as the CEO. Weird. Oh, well. Anyway. (laughs) Anyway, so the Loyola Fieldhouse was amazing. Um, Also, every time it rained, it sounded like machine gun fire. (laughs) They have like an aluminum roof? (laughs) Yeah, tin roof. A tin roof. Uh, Bill Walton played like his first NBA game there, and he was like, this is so much worse than UCLA. This is the NBA. <laughs> um, and then they moved on to the Superdome, which was like actually worse in a lot of ways. It's like, all right, so you guys couldn't fill that 6,500 seat one. So now uh-huh. here's 25,000. Oh, God. That's and they so didn't. Rough, they just man. filled like the upper deck because kids would just like buy like 25 cent tickets and just go. So they never made a profit at all in New Orleans. <laughs> Which is why, like, they immediately just moved to Salt Lake as soon as they could. Um, actually, they were about got sued by the Superdome for breach of contract because they still had like six years left on their contract. And it's like, no, we we can't do it. It's just it's just not happening. Um, where are we at with this thing? 
think we're let's see or they're about to move to the to, to utah correct? that's right so throughout 78 and 79 baddest and his partners negotiated with salt lake city officials to move the fan the franchise to utah despite having six years left on the release like i was saying uh the jazz owner cited various deficiencies with new orleans including the city's 11 percent amusement tax on ticket sales competition <laughs> with amusement contention. tax is a funny name for a tax wait Ticketmaster was going on back then Dude, yeah, except for the team, Ticketmaster tax, dude. That amusement tax. They, if they, they're calling it a service fee, they should literally just start calling it amusement tax. That's what. That's what. It yeah. Is. Uh, competition for tax. prime dates at the Superdome during Mardi Gras. So they would get shut out of the entire month of February oh, just God. because. It used to be like the old like rodeo uh, like road trip the Spurs used to have to do because the Alamo <laughs> Dome used to do the same thing, except for like even longer somehow. Like the jazz, just like, nope, you're not doing it. <laughs> so a full month of like road trips. Like, I guess we're just going to hit everywhere in the West for the next 30 days. It's a wonder they never had a winning record at all until like 1983. So anyway, they clean house in 79. They start interviewing this guy named Frank Layden as their uh, general manager. Um, Frank Layden does the first interview in, 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 california with the baddest stones where they live and then for some reason they keep doing the interviews in salt lake city and frank Layden doesn't know why it's like why are we meeting here <laughs> that's oh, so funny we got business here it's cool so they do the first interview in in california the second interview in salt lake third interview in salt lake and then just eventually like oh yeah we're moving here um <laughs> They're so like, they tricked Frank Layden into moving to Salt Lake City. Yes. That's what you're telling did. me. Yes. <laughs> Hot Rod Hunley didn't know either, too, because he was just like, he just got like a knock on his door one day. He's like, so are you going with him? What in the hell are you talking about? <laughs> the team's moving to Salt Lake. What? Well, I guess. And so the Utah Jazz were born. They were supposed to be the Utah Saints. I am so glad that didn't happen. Like, I know people make fun of the jazz name, but damn, if we were the Utah Saints. I no, would... that's that's a way worse name. It rolls it, off way worse. And also, it's still kind of a fuck you to New Orleans. And it's also just embarrassing. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine wearing any sort of like utah saints gear like i'm not a big fan of the utah jazz name but at least there's like some sort of like funny irony there <laughs> yeah it, it it is like at a certain point it's like yeah it is it, it's like los angeles lakers like right no lakes or toronto raptors or memphis grizzlies see you know what the jazz should be the raptors like honestly yeah. if you think about that too because there is a raptor mm -hmm. called the utah raptor like well you know you know what they tried to change the vancouver name to when they moved to memphis what was it? They were going to be the Express because <laughs> the new owner owned Federal Express and he wanted them to have orange and blue That's right. Yeah, because it's the FedEx and the, Forum. And the league oh was my. just like, nope. Yeah. David Stern was just like, absolutely not. That's, nope. But weirdly, just, they let that guy, Robert Johnson, name that team the Bobcats after himself. 
um, not that much later. <laughs> that's uh, that's so cool. The, the Bobcats are such a horrible name. Just like, what did North Carolina ever do to deserve that? Um, but anyway, well, I mean, they were like the eighth most popular basketball team in North Carolina. So yeah, that's pretty. Good. I don't think they even noticed. <laughs> That's like that's why they had to put them in Charlotte. You couldn't put them in Raleigh because it's like, all right, cool. We got Duke, Wake Forest, North Carolina, uh, NC yeah. State, like, Davidson, yeah. Davidson. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyway, they moved to Salt Lake and you know move all the gear. The rumor is they actually kept the Jazz name because they just didn't want to buy new uniforms because Sam Patterson <laughs> was starting to have money troubles at that point. And Moses Malone was like, I have some supplies for you uh <laughs> they say utah on them yeah it'd be perfect <laughs> um oh god just just the dumbest things ever too so anyway that first team in utah on paper seems like it would have been good starting lineup had pete maravich adrian danley and bernard king mm-hmm. sounds great oh, yeah. right yeah um except aren't two of the three of those guys really addicted to cocaine uh yeah which, which guys oh yeah 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 uh bernard king uh had to leave utah for some uh legal reasons um uh-huh, yeah do we know if cocaine the... makes you better or worse at basketball i'm honestly not sure it makes you worse okay, uh I, if you look at the the uh the mid seventies to uh, early eighties uh, results from some of those players. A lot of those guys would have been Hall of Famers if they didn't do cocaine. <laughs> the problem is, the problem is they're just so tired all the time. It's not even really like the effect of the drug as much as it's like, yep, you're up till They've dawn again, thirty six hours discussing like, your they're ideas. They're not using cocaine. If they're using cocaine before a game, it's not to get up. It's to get level again. Yeah. They're not. Yeah, like, yeah. 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 I see. Well, and. And like people who have cocaine problems almost always also drink a lot. Yeah. Like yeah. Bernard like King. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like like, so, like there's yeah, stories it's... of like Bernard King just like nodding off on the bus all the time, like fully <laughs> passing out like an hour before game time. It's like, yeah, we got to move this guy because um, he's no good to us. And then mm-hmm. also he kind of sort of got busted for sexual assault by the Salt Lake City police. But um it's neither here nor there. Um, He's on the team. <laughs> whoops. Yeah, uh, they, do we know if there is a drug that makes you better at basketball? Uh, yeah, it's called HGH, and LeBron James is on yeah. it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, those are just cryo whatever Kobe's German doctors prescribed him. Yeah, I bet. I bet there's guys who take Adderall. I was gonna it's, ask for Adderall oh, yeah. in particular. Yeah, I, I can have see a that. friend. I have a friend of mine who he's like a. He's like a real uh, steroid conspiracy man. Uh-huh. And he thinks the Golden State Warriors are entirely on whatever the the limitless pill is, like whatever that's based on. Because yeah. he's like, if you look at Clay Thompson when he's like hitting a million three pointers, he's like, his eyes are vacant. There's like no person there. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. Okay. I can see that. I'm actually on board with that. I I was wondering, I was figuring there was like some type of mental, not just the physical drugs that are like uh, steroids that would make people better at basketball. I know there's something out there. And let's, let's be honest. Everyone on this podcast is like maybe generously a thousandaire. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Like there's, there are, we're talking about NBA players with millions and millions of dollars. And I, I have an idea that, or at least 
maybe it's a conspiracy, maybe not, but they got some access. They've got access to yeah. drugs that we don't and know like, about. I don't know if you've seen a picture of Giannis Antetokounmpo when he came in the league and then what he looks like now, but uh, that's not natural. That's those, what? You know, he discovered yeah. smoothies. How, how dare you? <laughs> that's all funnel cake and hard work, buddy. Yeah, fifty piece at Chick Fil A plus a smoothie, man. That's how. That's you just that's just what ha- that's what happens when you live in Milwaukee. I, I just yeah. don't think uh, wait, lifting weights doesn't make your bones bigger. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's pretty cool, man. I gotta get some of that stuff. I would love to get on that stuff. Anyway, I want to be right, six nine and three twenty when I'm forty years old. Yeah, if if Adrenochrome exists, NBA players are on it. I heard it really helps your podcasting though to take a lot of steroids. Actually, uh, <laughs> works for Alex Jones. It does really well on Spotify. Yeah. Too. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, the 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 pains keep going. Um, in 1982, the Jazz had the number three pick in the draft and selected Dominique Wilkins. My favorite not, story. Who did not want to play in Utah? Can you believe? Don't that? blame him. Um, but don't Why? worry. There was sure. a there was a solution to all this. Um, according to Mark Eaton, which is a fun thing to have, things that's hit rock- the tall man laying under the car I was referencing earlier. Yes, <laughs> things hit rock bottom when Frank Layden, who was also the general manager at the time, got a call from Sam Battistone. He told Layden the team needed a million dollars in order to make payroll on Monday, and he wondered if Layden had any ideas to come up with the money. Yeah, so, sell Dominique Wilkins. <laughs> yeah, he sold them to Ted Turner. It's like you you're a crazy guy with money. Do you want Ted just Ma- to- Ted Turner, the uh Elon Musk of his time. Beautiful. Oh. Ted Turner delivered though, too. Like he gave you the superstation. Like and Captain Planet, okay? Ted Turner. And he did married stuff. Hanoi Jane. <laughs> um, yeah, see- you know what I learned is that she uh when she married Ted Turner, one of the conditions was that he uh make everyone at CNN quit smoking. <laughs> like not in the office like quit smoking entirely or they're fired like they were also he tried to take the age she also tried to get him to shut down the elevators and i think that was one where they were like you know there's uh an americans with disabilities act there's some <laughs> pretty good laws on that yeah you can't make bernard shaw climb this many stairs or you're gonna murder him <laughs> amazing <laughs> there, there's another great story around this time too where I heard this secondhand, so I don't know if it's true, but it's really good. Um, Frank Layden goes up to Butte, Montana to watch a CBA game, and and he's just doing like the ceremonial tip off since he's like a head coach in the NBA and all that. And he sits back because it's a long drive back to Salt Lake, and he's like, "I'll just watch the game, whatever." And then, like midway through the second quarter, he has the worst epiphany ever. Oh dear God! These guys are better than the Utah Jazz, <laughs> and that, that and that's actually where he found like Ricky Green, the who became an All Star with the Jazz too. But oh, like, yeah. so I was like, oh yeah, it's cool. Just like, yeah, no, we're terrible, and the CBA team would probably run us off the court. So anyway, I'm gonna sign a couple of these guys because <laughs> I need to keep my job. Um, in 1983, they moved 11 of their home games to Las Vegas to try and make money. Just mm-hmm. damn. Yep. That is like the Vegas move. They were doing the the Vegas at the inter or the the sorry the Elvis move, doing the Elvis at the international for an extended yeah. stay. <laughs> yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, they had a residency. Um, I think they stayed. I think they stayed at the Dunes, which is like um, I don't remember who said it. I'm pretty sure it was either 
I think it was Daryl Griffith that said, like, it wasn't good for the long-term health of the team to stay on the strip <laughs> for some, for some yeah. obvious reasons. Damn, that's crazy. That's weird. <laughs> um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar actually set the all-time scoring record in Las Vegas at one of these games. Wow. Right. That's... Which is kind of cool. Such a well, dumb I mean, LeBron's going to break that record, and then he's going to bully Adam Silver into giving him ownership in the Las Vegas expansion team. So, damn, kind of full okay. circle, you know? Well, this is a little bit like uh, Sean and I's favorite team. Do you guys know why the San Francisco Warriors changed their name to the Golden State Warriors? No. no. Uh, Sean, wondering. would you like to explain this? You can probably tell it better. Yeah, so they <laughs> they were they were at the Cow Palace in San Francisco, a building that still exists but is, like the name, designed... Well, it was also yeah. designed for livestock shows. Yeah. I mean, we've... Like, when now it's like monster trucks and, like, tattoo conventions, mostly. But uh, mm-hmm. they weren't getting good attendance, so they decided they were going to play all over California. So they played some dates in Oakland, some dates in San Francisco, and some dates in San Diego. Mm-hmm. And then that they was were this like, guy's big idea. Yeah. He was like, the yeah, Lakers, a- sure, the Lakers, everybody loves the Lakers, but we can get the rest of California. Well, yeah, we'll like play, we're going to be, we'll we're gonna be third California's of our team. San Diego. <laughs> we, and the players hated it, but they kept the name Golden State Warriors all the same. That is so that insane. That sounds like something like <laughs> some like DNC consultant would come up with. Yeah, and just just so we're clear, it's like a 10-hour drive from San Francisco to San Diego. Yeah. It's not close at all. It's a big state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like anyway. you can you can basically get to Salt Lake City in the same time you get to yeah. San Diego. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's a 10-hour drive from Salt Lake to San Francisco. Yeah. Man, that is crazy. Anyway, good the good news is salvation was about to be a hand for the Jazz because money was going to roll in at the, in mm-hmm. the shape of this Saudi arms dealer, Adnan Khashoggi. I was hoping you were going to say this uh, seven-foot-two white man named Mark Eaton, but okay, fair enough. <laughs> Saudi arms dealer. <laughs> well, that season kind of saved them, too, a little bit, just because like that was the actual first season they were worth anything because – like between Adrian Danley, Ricky Green, Mark Eaton, like Daryl Griffith, they were actually decent enough to make the playoffs for the first time. Like nine years in the league is like, all right, cool. We we made it. Yeah. Finally. And all their cars ran smoothly because Mark Eaton was fixing them. Yes. Uh, they were I also much you love Mark Eaton. <laughs> it's just so funny to me. There was a seven foot two guy who got cut from his his own high school basketball team and was like, all right, I'm going to go to auto school I know. and then fixed a guy's car who happened to be a coach at UCLA and was like when he stood up and was seven foot two, the guy was like, what the fuck are you doing fixing cars? Come play for UCLA. Also, what a weird uh <laughs> choice of profession for him like hey who can fit under this car oh i'll do it <laughs> you sure mark yeah i got it what, what a guy the, don't mark. worry about it at least he found another line of work because i don't know if that would have worked long term <laughs> no it really is funny too that year is like they call that team the team with heart because woody page was a dick and like said like this team has no heart and then they beat the nuggets in five games <laughs> Hell yes. 
Suck at Woody Page. This is an anti Woody Woody Page podcast. Yeah, of course. Damn straight. This is a it's an oh, anti yeah. Woody Page world. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, Adnan, go write your weird shit on your that chalkboard behind you on uh, around the horn somewhere else, buddy. <laughs> So anyway, Anand Khashoggi bought like half a share of the Utah Jazz, or at least tried to. He's going to put $8 million into it. And he is um, a Saudi arms dealer? Yeah, well, that's a yeah, funny okay. thing. So his dad was a doctor for the Saudi royal family, so he was just connected there. And okay. from then on out, he just acted as a middleman between like military contractors and like the Saudi royal family. Mm-hmm. So like he right. just poured in a ton of business to like Lockheed to like general dynamics and raytheon like he would just like uh the saudis want to buy a bunch of planes you want to give it to them like sure and then he'd get like a 15 percent commission so is he more like okay so in iron man terminology is he more like john favreau or is he more like uh uh don Cheadle? (laughs) i'd say probably john favreau just because like He probably also trafficked women as well. So, yeah. I mean, not John Favreau would do that too, but it seems like the character would. Like if yeah, it, yeah. if if Tony asked for it, he would yeah, do yeah. it. <laughs> so anyway, at that point too, like he'd been pouring a bunch of money into Salt Lake City. He built up the Triad Center, which is like this huge building in downtown, which is like right next to where the Jazz play now. So he was trying to make like Salt Lake the new Dallas in the eighties. It's like mm-hmm. which. One wouldn't have worked because very different people. And two, like he just did it because Howard Hughes told him it'd be a good idea. Awesome. <laughs> Which is so <laughs> cool that Howard Hughes had an influence on the Utah Jazz. <laughs> oh yeah. I just don't even think of Howard Hughes being alive in 1983. Well, well now I mean? think, think of it though. Like now the Jazz have a uniform, like they're all yellow uniforms that looks like the piss that he would store in bottles. <laughs> <laughs> So he, Things come he was full all, circle. So anyway, um, he tries to buy half of the jazz and all that too. And when he gets to the board of governors meeting and all that too, the NBA is like, "We would like to see your books, please." Uh-huh. <laughs> It'd be for for some pretty obvious reasons, I think too. And he's like, "No, you don't want to see it." And the NBA is like, "Okay, then you don't get to buy half of the jazz." <laughs> and he's like, "Fine, I'm just going to broker the sale of weapons to." The people fighting the communists in Nicaragua in exchange for hostage rescues. As a matter of fact, yes. I'm going to launder money for the Filipino government. Literally, which way, Western What's this on on your books for Iran Contra Incorporated? (laughs) This interview is over. (laughs) So there's some entries here for C-Kane and also G-Uns. Is that code for something? Yes. Just a couple of random checks to Oliver North. Yeah. <laughs> he was also a part of this group called the the, the Safari Club, which apparently was um, a clandestine group of like a bunch of different countries, like like pre-revolutionary Iran was in it and like the United States was in it and like a bunch of like agents for a bunch of things. And they were like funding like counter-revolutionary groups in like Africa, which is mm-hmm. sweet. Yeah, the mo- – the, uh, the, uh, the Mujahideen, uh, God, I can never say Mujahideen. that word. The, Mujahideen. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, the the Rambo, the Rambo. Uh, <laughs> Charlie Wilson's boys. <laughs> yeah, he was involved in that too. As a matter of fact, he had some pretty close ties with uh, a certain gentleman. With John Rambo. Bearded. Yeah. Um, Luckily, was, the NBA yeah, now no Saudi money at all. No dictators. No money laundering. Squeaky mm-hmm. clean. Thank you, Board of Governors. <laughs> Jordan, was he more of a CIA guy, or was he just like straight up State Department? Uh, are you talking like Adnan Khashoggi? Yeah, like, he was kind of a lot of everything. Gotcha. Like, there's not really a good thing to really like point him onto. As a matter More of fact, like, like CIA, I would think probably though. I would probably it's like Iran yeah. Contra. But we love a Renaissance just, man. Yeah, but like, he's extremely like uh, I mean, out in the open around here yeah, for some reason. So like his nephew Jamal Khashoggi, just spoiler alert, the guy who got like. Uh-huh. cut apart in like an embassy uh-huh. yeah, that uh, he, yeah he was able to get some interviews with osama bin laden with um some clearance for some reasons that uh, i don't quite understand or know Ooh, that's interesting <laughs> just just saying also he was also the uncle of dodi fayed too which is kind of weird wow <laughs> <laughs> just a <laughs> lot of connections there <laughs> anyway kind of like adam silver himself actually Anyway, friend of Jared Kushner, the whole group. Yeah. I'm glad you brought up Kushner, too, because I have a quote from a former president about Adnan Khashoggi. <laughs> wow. OK. Khashoggi was a great broker and a lousy businessman. He understood the art of bringing people together and putting together a deal better than almost anyone. All the bullshitting part of talk and entertainment. But he never knew how to invest his money. If he had put his commissions into a bank in Switzerland, he'd be a rich man today. But he invested it and he made lousy choices. <laughs> cool wasn't he incredibly rich oh yeah he was he was on the lifestyles of the rich and famous episode <laughs> I was just gonna too. Say, wasn't he richer than trump like, well, he went up and down a lot oh, too oh yeah, okay. trump. yeah 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 quite also, a ride also donald trump bought his yacht as well um, <laughs> well cool guy cool guy stuff <laughs> he bought it for 29 million dollars he was selling it for 30 but adnan thought that he was gonna like keep the name of the boat the same as because it was his daughter's name so he knocked off a million to make sure Trump was uh, not going to do that. And Trump just turned around and just called it Trump Princess. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so stupid. It also, rules, it also had an operating room and a morgue on it. So What? Yeah, there's a lot to that, too. Wow. Okay. Anyway. Trump's like, we're keeping it. We're going to keep you the coffins in here. Just in case. Ariel, let's see. Uh, so since that went off the rails with Adon Khashoggi and the board of governors was like, no, please yeah. go away. <laughs> like none of us want to get car bombed. Thank you. Um, but they will gladly uh, have, uh, you know, uh, Mark Cuban be an owner. <laughs> we don't talk just a few years that. later. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> So anyway, after Khashoggi failed out and all that, like, uh, Battistone still needs a lot of money. Like, he went through a bunch of, like, co-owners. Like, there was, like, this doctor in Salt Lake that was a co-owner that didn't really pan out a whole lot. Um, Then a gentleman by the name of Larry H. Miller received a a prospectus in the mail. It's like, we're looking for 10 local businessmen to give us $200,000 as a a short-term investment. And Larry H. Miller's like, that does not sound good. I'm just going to put that aside. 
And then later that week too, like someone from the jazz front office, like called him directly. He's like, did you get the prospectus? What did you think? <laughs> we really need you on this. He's like, um, well, I won't do $200,000, but we can talk about me buying half the team if that's okay. <laughs> so then Larry H. Miller just went ahead and like got loans from like four different picks in Salt Lake for like $2 million a piece within like 10 days because the board of governors was going to meet like 10 days. And like, we need to get a sale right now because um, we're op- our operating costs are like 1.75 million <laughs> in the hole. And we're not going to be a team much longer. Hmm. So it's like Twitter. Pretty much. Um. <laughs> the Utah Jazz were just Twitter, essentially. That's <laughs> beautiful. They should have sold jerseys. <laughs> Everybody gets a game-worn jersey for eight bucks a month. <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, they get the loan done. Larry H. Miller presents his case to the Board of Governors. But before this happens, though, he also meets with... Gordon B. Hinckley, the first president of the LDS church, is like, do you think this would be good if we bought the jazz and kept them in Utah? And it's like, well, if it's good for Utah, it's also good for the church. And so Larry <laughs> Jamo's like, well, I, I mean, guess I'll yes. do it. So it's it's super weird that like the church is like, oh, yeah, you should probably do that for us, too. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> God's will for this team's two best players to be a QAnon guy and a pedophile. I, mean, <laughs> I haven't checked in on him in a while, but there's this jazz fan who like, he does like numerology, like Q stuff, but for the Mormon church and the Utah jazz specifically, like he's oh, wow. on multiple occasions said that like, uh, the Jazz will win a championship when when God believes it's the right time for them to win a championship. Mm-hmm. He hated Donovan Mitchell, thinks he was like a, a liberal communist or whatever. Uh, he thinks that Ryan Smith buying the Jazz was is, is also part of God's plan, and same with getting the All-Star game. And he also mentioned... Oh, that Danny Ainge, too. Danny Ainge, in particular, is a big piece of this. But also, his, <laughs> I think the, where the, the inciting uh, incident really was the, the state of Utah getting the Winter Olympics... He thinks that was like part of God's plan as well. So um, we're really just on God's time as far as the Jazz winning a championship. It was a long time ago they got the Winter Olympics. It was 20 years. (laughs) I went went to that Olympics. Did you really? Yeah. Uh, It was very confusing because all the scalpers were white, and I've never seen that before. (laughs) And also I went to a Mexican restaurant outside Provo, and their entire staff was also white. Like, that's fascinating. Should we eat here? This is okay. Yeah. So I saw the um, biathlon. I don't recommend buying tickets to the biathlon. You don't maybe, like seeing like a Norwegian drive by? Yeah. Yeah. I was gonna, yeah. Maybe like maybe Larry Bird, Laurie Bird is the uh, the great white hope that we're all waiting for. I'm not sure yet. But we'll what see. if he's a really good biathlete? That's what they he find might out be. next. <laughs> it's just blood. Anyway, after Larry H. Miller buys the Jazz, it kind of just stabilizes out, and um, God rewards them for keeping them in Utah since they sold the team like two years ago for like a billion five. Yeah, we love it when things work out, don't money. we, folks? Yeah. <clears throat> oh yeah. Good does he still love, have a lot? Of, rich guys fa- get richer. Does the family still have a lot of car dealerships? Is that still uh, the yeah. family business? Okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're all over the place still. I, I, I yeah. think they're. Like they just turn it over to the kids now, and it's just like we're just gonna run it all. Larry died like what, 
10 years ago they did sell a bunch of their their car dealerships though i believe they're like they're they're they've been making moves They, they bought a bunch of real estate instead um but also they were they gave car dealerships to like Carl Malone and John Stockton. What's the deal with that, Jordan? Do you do you understand? Like, oh, is that yeah, part yeah, of yeah. Their- that was be that was because they couldn't quite afford to pay them like max contracts or anything like that. So they're just like, what if I just give you like a Toyota dealership? Is that cool? It's like, yeah, I'll take that. So we I, still have. I like, kept trying to ask Austin the John Honda. Stockton dealerships if they had a mask policy, and no one would answer me like, <laughs> a year ago. So like, that's being really weird, and we just don't want to answer that right now. <laughs> Um, do you remember when uh, the Colorado uh, restaurant um, Casa Bonita oh, yes. sued Larry Miller for copying it? <laughs> yes, because it was the restaurant called the Mayan. Which um... wait, the Mayan was a copy? Yeah, yeah. from La Casa Bonita. Did you guys not see that South Park episode? No. Yeah, the okay. Mayan. Also, Did the Mayans sucked. Yes. Okay. Yes, and- they had divers. In- okay, so Larry Miller, this is my favorite Larry Miller story. Larry Miller used to go to Casa Bonita and he loved it. And then he at one point asked to even see their financial records. And they were like, no. And then he was like, oh, but I'm just such a big fan of the restaurant. And then he opened an identical restaurant in Salt Lake City and they sued him. They were like, the ordering system's the same. They demanded he remove the waterfall and the cliff divers. (laughs) Which was the only good. Is that what killed the Mayan? Uh, No, horrible food killed the Mayan. Okay, well, yeah, but the divers were cool, man. Um, Something kind of funny about where the Mayan was located too. It was in it was the high school that Larry Miller went to, Jordan High School. Uh they like built a new one and he bought the old Jordan High School, left part of like the front of the high school and then built the Mayan like next to or like as part of the old high school. <laughs> yeah, he so used the original turned, structure. Yeah, he turned the the structure of of his old high school into a megaplex movie theater and then a a, a Mexican di- diving restaurant. Honestly, that that's like, like the dream right inside. there is like to buy your high school and blow it up and put like your person your own personal <laughs> set of like yeah, things dude. you like. Oh, I'm going to put my favorite restaurant in there and I'm going to put laser tag in there. <laughs> <laughs> and we are not we are not playing any gay movies yeah. that's for damn yeah. sure we'll play yeah that, i think that was my favorite is that when larry's band broke back mountain from his theaters while kill bill was in was that's right. Play. i mean that's right I, my favorite still just when he took upn off of uh k-jazz the flagship station oh, yeah. for jazz because it was a quote too urban um, <laughs> oh boy like it's a it's i'm just gonna say it's a good thing that larry died before like cancel culture or whatever you want to call it was a thing <laughs> before like yeah people uh were good at the internet yeah yeah say what you want about the millers they were less annoying than ryan smith though oh yeah for oh a hundred percent like they were I weird but they weren't her. in yeah. your face weird larry didn't have enough hair to be annoying as ryan smith yeah, I, I, and just Although like I would less like hubris. to see Larry wear one of those hats. The snapback would look good on Larry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he could yeah. wear one on each elbow. The, oh. Yeah, like in like a, one of those Ed Hart, those like uh, those tw- like twenty twenties Ed Hardy style T shirts Ryan <laughs> Smith wears. <laughs> 
but the singular I mean, Jerry tattoo ones. Yeah. Yeah. Another good example of just like having so much money and just like dressing and looking so weird. Like I don't under I don't understand. <laughs> like but whatever. I get Larry Miller more than I do like Ryan Smith. Like Ryan Smith just like looks like he's just like there to talk to other rich people on the sidelines of a jazz mm-hmm. game. Larry H. Miller was trying to fight fans. Like <laughs> dude, Larry would go into the go like into the locker room at halftime and yell at the team. <laughs> kind of cool. Kinda Honestly, that, I, I get it. I mean, I wouldn't do it myself because like I'm fairly certain at a certain point Carl Malone just tears your head off, but yeah. No, you're not no. 14. Hope he's doing well. Does he still live in Utah? I, I honestly don't know. With Larry Carmel. H. Miller? I'm pretty sure no. he's dead. Carmel, he's permanently permanently in Utah, but yeah, I don't know what's going on with Carmelo these days. Carmelo owns like a ranch in Louisiana. He's in like Alabama or wherever he's yeah, from. Yeah. Right? yeah, Louisiana. He Louisiana. was at that Post Malone show though. So That he, was weird. It seems like he splits time. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, there was a whole thing where Post Malone had a show here like oh, two weeks ago, and Carl Malone was there, and they took pictures. Why? Because his fans are so young. Yeah, <laughs> I think he was, yeah, I think he was scouting, but also for his namesake, I guess. I don't know. And Post Malone lives in Utah, which is weird. What like he does? Yeah. <laughs> He bought a house here, like right before the pandemic. I think it's because he just likes buying as many guns as possible. But oh, he has a cool okay, house. yeah. He likes mountains, and he's got a cool house, like uh, where he can go buy a lot of guns. So, shout out to Post Malone, I guess, honorary Utah. <laughs> but yeah, Jordan, where, where are the we other at? honorary Utahns? Um, let's see, Ty like Burrell the- from Modern Family. Okay, yeah, great. Um, I know uh, him. He's nice. I think well, I don't know him, but Ryan Gosling kind of <laughs> had it because he's he grew up Mormon. Uh, that's one. Yeah, uh, you just kind of get honorary Utah if you grew up Mormon for some reason. Um, <laughs> who else? Catherine uh, Heigl. Catherine Heigl. There's there's another good one. I think Blake Lively has like family that lives here. Maybe uh, she Aaron, it. Aaron Eckhart went to BYU. Aaron Eckhart. Oh, yeah, that's but you can't. One. No, but he like. You can't count him because he's uh, friends with the in the company of men guy. You can't. Uh, what's his oh, face? Yes. Uh, Neil Labute. <laughs> Neil Labute. Yeah, the you director can't, of the Wicker Man remake. <laughs> hey, listen. One of the he, worst people alive. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron Eckhart used to do like church videos for like high school seminary, and like they were yeah. filmed in my high school. So every time I see him, I was like, oh. No. Yeah, weird stuff. It um, is so weird. Neil LeBute went to BYU, by the way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, Very another bad. another honorary Utah uh, is Kevin Bacon because he filmed Footloose and mm. Footloose. That's right. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say Wilfred Brimley, but he's just a he's just uh, full blooded. So. Yeah, he's just a Mormon. He's just one of yeah. us. Um, I mean, I guess he. Yeah, do you know he has a multiple albums you can have on spotify yes wilford brimley oh yeah i just oh, yeah. found that out like two days ago Alf- yeah album pretty great. Doing- wasn't he only that. like 42 in cocoon yeah he's 48 <laughs> yeah. in cocoon yeah. and God then he told him to start acting like an old man when he was 42 and it really worked out yeah and then like <laughs> 10 years later he's in the firm as like a physically threatening guy and you're like what yeah that was weird our house is the it's gonna fight tom cruise now you don't go tell him secrets about the law firm Girl. yeah it's like no no i could just push you down a flight of stairs and you're done 
Okay. We literally saw Tom Cruise do a back handspring down Bourbon Street. Uh, like he did eight of them ago. in a row. Yeah. <laughs> wow. T- Tom Cruise is also on the same stuff that LeBron James is on. Oh, for sure. Yeah. He's Without on something doubt. even he's I mean, he's clear, so he doesn't yeah. even need to be on it. Yeah, be on anything. He's on th- he's on full Thetans, dude. That's all that's all Tom Cruise is on. <laughs> if no one's looking at him, he can fly. Wait, yeah. is James Woods from Utah? I don't think no so. No way. What's going on with Lester this? Dunn? <laughs> Roseanne Barr is. Uh, yeah, I knew yeah, Roseanne was. Dude, James Woods was born in Vernal, Utah. What? I, I mean, I guess it checks out when you, you know, Yeah, that makes sense now. Also, Chrissy Teigen born in Utah. So, okay, oh, yeah, that's, that's the, right. What? That, that runs out the She's list. She's from yeah. Delta, dude. She's born in De- Or maybe she d- wasn't born there. She went to high school there, maybe. Like, her dad was in, like, the military or something. Um, honor of Utah, uh, Ted Bundy. Um, yeah, that's oh, another congratulations. good one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. U- Utah law students used to fly a flag that said Utah law on it with a picture of him at football games. And I'm pretty <laughs> sure the university like, please stop doing that. <laughs> Did I ever tell you my uh, my mom dated his roommate? Ooh. Didn't, I think everyone's mom in Utah has that story. It was like, I I was friends with someone who just barely escaped him. It's like, all right, mom, you and literally everyone else who was like between the ages of like 18 and 25 in 1974. He was just that charismatic, to be honest. Speaking of basketball, Jerry Buss. Uh, yeah, Jerry he's Buss Salt born Lake. in Salt Lake. Oh, wow. What? Um, I didn't know that. Okay. He, All right. he actually was the one. He went like, the other cool. way from Mormonism. We have to say. <laughs> we can put together a pretty good starting five with this, uh, this I crew. Mean, I like that. Who can blame Jerry? He had game, or at least he had money to have game. <laughs> he really was, did. He went to Wyoming for college, too, which is weird. I I don't know much about him. That's very strange, though. I didn't watch the, the thing either. So Did you know that Frank Zamboni, the inventor of the Zamboni, is from Utah? Oh wow! That rules. Yeah. I love a Zamboni machine. What a pleasing thing it does. That's why the hockey team was so much more popular than the Jazz forever. It makes the ice look nice. <laughs> I love that. All right, Jordan, round it out for us. Oh, I got nothing else. We're we're just oh, on straight. Nice. Once, once, once you get past like Saudi arms dealers, you're kind of just like at the point where it's like, well, that's a good climax. They made some kind of amazing trades in the early '80s too, which are like you look back and you're like, oh, I guess that guy just hated it there uh yeah yeah i feel like that was probably pretty common i mean jordan i know you've referenced some ron boone quotes before about like i don't know if it was in his book or what but just talking about being a black man in salt lake at that time it was daryl griffith actually yeah i remember this story story where daryl griffith is just like looking around and he sees a black man in salt lake and just like immediately runs up to him is like Hi there. Are you from here? I just I need someone to talk to. That's not like a standard weird white person. And the guy gave him such a look. It's like, no man, I'm sorry. I'm just passing through. And then like quickly goes to his car and just drives off. And then just like I can just imagine like Daryl Griffith being left in like the rear view mirror, just like staring on longingly, like it's like it's the end of the Hulk or something. Just like <laughs> poor guy. Like he's yeah, Vigo Mortensen in the road. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, man. No, it's a it's a very strange franchise that should not exist at all. I mean, why? Why? Yeah, I mean, it, and it's interesting, like switching hands from the Millers. Uh, 
I mean, people, I don't know if people even find this interesting, but like the, the whole plan was that the Millers would never sell the jazz. Um, they, the Millers they are, really wanted the sun to take over, right? Yeah. So essentially what happened was, uh, I Dennis. can't remember what, what year did Larry die? Jordan? <laughs> hey, Chachi. <laughs> he died in like, I want to say like 2007 or 2008. Yeah. It's been a little while. So everyone was like, oh shit, is, is Gail going to sell the jazz? And that was kind of just up in the air for a while. And then eventually she ends up putting the jazz in a blind trust for like a hundred years. So her idiot kids couldn't sell it after she died. Mm-hmm. Um, but that only lasted maybe four years before uh, all of a sudden it was like, I realized my kids are too stupid uh, just in general. Even though they can't sell the jazz, they'll just ruin it. So I'm just going to sell the jazz for them before yeah. they have a chance to mess things She's up. She's like, so. I need to hold on to this team long enough to finally fire Jerry Sloan. <laughs> and then I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah. So I well, mean, that was, I was actually going to bring that up. I, it's a rough combination, I think, to uh, be in Utah and also have Jerry Sloan be the coach for 30 years, like great coach, but also like if you're like Daryl Griffiths, right? Like not only is there not a bl- another black person to talk to, this guy is making you run so hard and he's yelling at you and he will actually fight you if you uh, <laughs> yeah. get fed up with him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they, when they trade Adrian Danley, they're like, what do we need back? And they're like, yup, Kelly Tripucka and Kent Benson. Let's get a little bit wider up. Up here. <laughs> you know what I learned looking that up? Kelly Tripucka's real first name is Peter. He could have just been Pete Tripucka. <laughs> Why would you choose to have your name be Kelly if you had the option as a man? I, I forget that one of Larry H. Miller's kids renamed themselves Brilliant. <laughs> That's right. I did forget about that. That is, I love. A rock and roll, like a, I, I mean, a rich, a, a rich kid changing their name. Like, did you know Kate Winslet was married to uh, that guy? He's like uh, Richard Branson's nephew, and he legally changed his name to Ned Rock and Roll. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's so cool. Damn, that's awesome. <laughs> Why would you keep the Ned? (laughs) He's a a big Flanders fan. What can can you say? Ned Rock and Roll is such a cool name. That's like, it's like just name yourself a really cool juxtaposition. I think that's awesome. Yeah, my name's uh, Stuart Ecstasy. (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking cool, man. I don't know what you guys are. Yeah, I think that's sweet. I am Ronald Cocaine. (laughs) Good for him. So yeah, this is a very storied franchise. We love supporting them. Again, they're ten and three. They lead the league in wins, and we have the All Star Game this year. So a pretty like another funny thing that's happening is that like uh, obviously Danny Ainge came in and cleaned house. Uh, everyone's familiar with that, but it also comes at the heels of like us planning to have this All Star. I can't remember when we were awarded this All Star Game. It's been a while. Uh, and we <laughs> traded away our two all stars. I yeah, and I thought I thought the whole idea like like I thought Gobert was going to be good, but they weren't going to trade Donovan Mitchell so they could have a local representative at the All Star game. Well, which is now they're I going mean, to they, they, they are. They're going to have three. They're going to have, yeah, have two or three. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm so so um, to see uh, Jordan Clarkson as an All Star. Uh, I w- oh my god, it'd be so good. I. 
I'm so I, I, I love I'm sorry. him. I just love him. I don't know how anyone cannot like Jordan Clarkson. You go to just go on his Instagram and just scroll. I highly recommend people check out his recent costume for Halloween as Edward Scissorhands. Probably the yeah. best Edward Scissorhands costume I've ever seen. Yeah. He does do white face, but it's fine. Uh, um, he has two <laughs> costumes too. Yeah, that's he so does. tight. Like two Halloween costumes for an NBA player. Dude, he is so cool. I like. I don't know. And I don't know if you guys saw the clip, but there was some local news uh, girl who was who was doing kind of just on the street style interviews. And she just happened to come across Jordan Clarkson downtown mm-hmm. Salt Lake. And she asked him if he w- goes to a lot of jazz games. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, yes, he was really sweet. Yeah, I think his exact quote was, yeah, a lot. <laughs> so awesome he just has the best vibes dude i think he's so cool how do you guys like the coach so far he's incredible apparently he's incredibly he's like a genius apparently yeah he kind of so funny what's that movie where ben affleck has autism Uh, the accountant he kind of gives me accountant vibes (laughs) yeah do you think he like blasts heavy metal music and like rubs metal poles together he definitely breathes breathes into his hands before he draws up a play (laughs) (laughs) he's like i mean it's funny how like it seems so many other nba teams get stuck in like perennial awful coach hires but like i don't know going from quinn snyder to this guy who seems like the perfect kind of higher like he was an assistant under popovich for or he was doing stuff for under popovich for like 10 years mm-hmm. and then he was at the celtics for a year and then so here. he was hiding sexual uh misconduct from the players that's yeah, what he's, oh, he's he, was spying on, <laughs> he was spying on north korea <laughs> and yeah, various other industries the rivals <laughs> of the caterpillar corporation exactly <laughs> yeah so i don't know i like have nothing bad to say about him he we're winning so that's good and i even if we were losing a lot i would still be on board because uh you know but the victor sweepstakes are slowly and well quickly i guess slipping away they're from gone. us they're gone um but it's yeah, okay we're like about to like we're half of what our like over under total for wins was supposed to be this year so like that's not happening yeah we're also like based on like a lot of projections uh we are on on target to have the same amount of wins as last year so um, if you and if you you know this is from 538 so take that mm. for what it is but the jazz have a 96 percent chance of winning or of making the playoffs yeah wow. that's terrific yeah that's yeah. that's up there with hillary Those has a 91 yeah, chance no. of winning yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know um up until game five of last year's nba finals they had the boston celtics winning uh the championship at like 87 percent right yeah. <laughs> nate silver genius of our time well i think that's a good <laughs> thomas edison of our time it's a good place that we can all I'm glad agree those cops on. let him eat that burrito yeah uh, i don't it. know if you remember that story yeah <laughs> he's a good dude yeah. <laughs> he knows elections he knows baseball statistics and he knows epidemiology what a fucking nerd <laughs> wrong about nothing about covid well boys why don't we uh get fire some some plugs off how about that tell us tell us where we can find you tell us what we should be doing give us some Uh, action items 
Sub- subscribe to uh, Round Ball Rock, which is our NBA podcast, which isn't that much different than this. You know how this was sort of about Utah politics and sort of about the Utah Jazz, but also we just named a lot of famous people. Uh-huh. <laughs> just us looking, googling what famous people. Yeah, that's what our show is like. Twenty um, percent of it is reading yeah. Wikipedia out loud while the other person goes, "What him? <laughs> he was awesome, in that." <laughs> Oh, um, rules. Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at Joey Devine, J-O-E-Y-D-E-V-I-N-E. I will not be moving to Mastodon or Discord or anything Down else. Down with the shit, so, brother. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Uh, I will be there till the fucking end, baby. <laughs> That's right. Uh... I'm Sean Keen, S-E-A-N-K-E-A-N-E. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm Jort Center, like Sports Center, but with jean shorts. <laughs> uh, you can read my Warriors stuff at Golden State of Mind, my basketball stuff at Yard Barker, my Giants stuff at a site called Giants Baseball Insider. I just started this week. And then uh, live comedy in the Bay Area. I have an album coming up, but it doesn't have a name yet. Ooh. But look for that on, I'm sure, like most comedy albums, it will be number one on some chart for the very first week. Are you posting It seems TikToks? like every single... Uh, oh, yeah, TikTok. Uh, I'm Sean Michael Keane on TikTok. See, that's and mostly It's mostly just reaction videos, me unboxing various things. Usually it's just cereal, and I'm like, what's in here? The comedian sphere on TikTok is is interesting. But anyway, yes, follow our our sweet boys. Um, Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks again for tuning in on whatever Tuesday. And we will see everyone next time. Bye. Bye.